My name is Rachel. I won't tell you my last name. Say it deeper. My name is Rachel. <laughs> I won't tell you my last name. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> None of us will. <laughs> I'm a typical American. <laughs> my name is Rachel. <laughs> I am an animal. <laughs> Please cut all this racist stuff. <laughs> they can't tell you their names. They can't tell you where they live. But in the mid to late 90s, these five teenagers can turn into animals to fight an invading army of evil brain slugs. Five dumb teens are the only thing standing in the way of complete annihilation. This is Anamorphic Time with Nate and Tyler. Get your hand off my girlfriend, you yerk-brained bastard! <laughs> this is for daddy. Uh, make it like half the bottle. Catherine Alice Applegate wouldn't want this. She doesn't want this. <laughs> he gets really, really aroused every time he kills someone with a scorpion's head. <laughs> oh man, being 12 was weird. Alright, should we like start this thing? And um, like, I need to go home eventually. I know you need to go home. So, I guess we'll start. Alright. We'll open up our bottle of Tempranillo. Mm, pop, pop up with that vino. Spanish wine. What year? Is this a uh, uh, fine drink? 2016. Got it at a little place called Bo's Wine Depot. That's my dog's name. That is your dog's name. The guy kind of looked like your dog. Yeah, like kind of scared, yeah. shaking all the time. Kind of scared. It's like this 70-year-old guy. Constantly cold. So let's take a sip and then compare it to the book that we read. Okay, here we go. This is my cup says sassy since birth. Mm -hmm. Yours is the boss. Yeah, this this is uh, wine wine dad's. Even though none of us are fathers. We're wine dads with no kids. Yeah. You know, this is a story Single about... wine father. Yeah. This is, this is a dad book. Like, I think, like, this book is about dads. So let's let's drink this wine to, we, to all the daddies out there. We read the same book, and here's to the daddies. Here's to the daddies. So we've got our wine. Let's do it. Welcome to Anamorphin Time with Nate and Tyler. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Tyler. Oh, that's, mm. you're hearing Nate, and like I said, this is Animorphin Time, episode two. Okay. This book, like this wine, has a great mouthfeel. Oh yeah, I was supposed to, I, did you hear the tannins? When I was, it was good. Yeah, that's good tannins. Oaky notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. You're supposed to wash it around, like swish it in like oh, mouth, mouthwash. On. Let's swish. And then spit it out. Hmm. <laughs> Shall we, shall we get into the book? Uh, yeah. So, so this is Animorphs, book two, The Visitor by Catherine Alice Applegate. Okay. Our tagline today, no one knows who they are. Some people know who they some, are. Some people. Yes. There's a guy from book one they never mention again. It's yeah. fine. We'll get into that. Tell us what's on the cover of this Animorphs, Nate. Well, it's um, Rachel, who looks a lot older than I thought Rachel was. Yeah. Like, how old is Rachel in these books? Like 14? See, in this book, they mention, like, oh, yeah, for her 12th birthday, we blah, blah, blah. Like, they mention 12th birthday and say, yeah. that was a few years ago. And it's like, okay, so they're 15? They're high schoolers, right? They're, yeah. They're in high school, but, like, early high school. They're doing square roots and stuff, so that's a high school thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah that's high school stuff. <laughs> we, were we were good at math. We know where high school is at math. High school kids love square roots. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she looks, like, well into her 20s on this cover. Yeah, she does. She's... Like, well, you know, like, maybe just, like, her experiences have aged her, you know, like, like a presidency, like, you know, just a couple of weeks being an animorph, man, really yeah. gets to you, really ages you, you grow up quick. Yeah, so where are we compared to the last one? Last one, they met an Andalite, yeah. gave them the power to morph. Right. And now, it's been a few weeks. 
It starts with them. Well, first off, it starts with Rachel doing the dumb like letter to the future thing, uh-huh. which I imagine is just going to be a thing for the first couple of books as we focus on each character. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I know the next book's about Tobias. He'll probably write a dumb letter. Yeah, it's mostly squaw, squaw. Yeah, that's <laughs> our Tobias book, right? <laughs> Squawkity squawk. Turns out his human brain left. He's just a bird. Now. He's, just, he's just all bird now. Uh, yeah. So, so catch us up. What's happened so far in the Animorphs? Um, like, do you want to go over the previous book? Well, I mean, just quickly, because they do it in the first three chapters of this fucking book, so All we right, might cool. as well do it, too. Yeah, um, okay, well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll read up. Yeah, passage. start start us, start us out. Okay, so I'm just going to do, like, the, the kind of warning to the future passage, which is, like, the first paragraph. I love it. Okay, here we go. My name is Rachel. I won't tell you my last name. None of us will ever tell you our last names. Mm-hmm. So if I told you my last name, the Yurks would be able to find my friends and me. And if they ever find us, it will be the end. They might kill us or worse. Right? So then yeah. it goes into, like, you know, how they became yeah, animers. They, they they touched the, the glowy cube. They met a dying alien, gave them power to turn into animals. Oh, for two hours. Fun Animorph quiz. What's the name of the dying prince? Prince Elfinger? Full name. Elfinger. There's sham tools in there. <laughs> Elfinger, um, sham. Uh, Prince Elfie. Prince Elfie. Uh, Prince, Prince Elfie gives Prince them the cube. Prince um, Has a special connection to Tobias, and um, they move on. They get adventures. It talks about them turning into their battle forms, mm-hmm. which is uh, for, for Rachel and Elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a tiger, gorilla, and a horse. Because, yeah. you know. Let's, let's, for the sake of our audience, assume they listen to the last one. Because they probably didn't read it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think I summed it up. They got powers, yeah, they got and powers. then they stomped on some yurks. Yeah, they got powers, broke into a yurk pool, where the yurks need to recharge their crystals or whatever yeah, in using, water. Yeah, using Calphon rays? Candrona. Mm, Candrona rays. Teflon rays. I don't like my role as knowing everything about these books. Listen, I don't like that that's become this who is I am. The, this is your second reading of these books. So, yeah. Uh, you're now the Animorphs expert. I'm the expert. Uh, right in. Let us know. Yeah, I'm the fish out of water. This is my first time reading these and um yeah it's rad as hell because last book tobias stole a bunch of eyes <laughs> he, as a bird. he went for some eyes right and then well it starts out with them just being birds yeah they're all they're all chilling out right they're, they're all just being bird friends and hanging they're, around they're like Ooh, we're having a great time and rachel's like this is pretty fun tobias leans into rachel and it's like hey you want to do a dive bomb and rachel's like oh, i don't know i don't know if i should do that but Tobias teaches her to dive bomb, and she fucking loves it. Yeah, Rachel's she, our thrill seeker. She's our thrill seeker. Wait, she, she's not the thrill seeker. I think she's the person who, um, it's established in this book that her characteristic is courage. Courage never backs right. down. Yeah. Always will sacrifice herself for the group. Yeah, and knows the power of love. She does know the power of love. <laughs> right. That's that's a thing in this. Right. And and uh, uh, Tobias knows the power of bird because he's he's, he's a he's a forever bird. He's a bird forever. He's a bird forever. That's why he's so good at like dive bombing mm-hmm. and you know all this this bird hullabaloo. All this stuff. But <laughs> did you notice that Tobias was always just kind of hanging out with Rachel? Like there was a thing. Like in book one. Yeah. Like I want to ship like, all these characters. I've been working actively. Like who's gonna hook up with who? Well, we know Jake and Cassie. I was saying Jake and Rachel. They're cousins. They, they're going to hook up. They're going to get in the end. They're going to Giuliani this whole thing. We're not doing this again. We are not doing this <laughs> I, again. Listen, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm just reading this book how it is. There's a close connection between those. There books. are. They're uh, they're very close. They're very close. Uh, so yeah. they're they're flying along, they're having flying a along. great time, dive bombing, when 
Bang. Bang. <laughs> Literal bang. Yep. They feel a phew. Something flies right by their wings. Well, do, do you want to read that passage? There's a good, like, description of being shot at. Okay. Also, might I mention, there's some great, like, um, is it onomatopoeia where they kind of, like, spell out? I'm an English major. I should know this. <laughs> yeah. It, there's, uh, like, for example, there's a lot of yahas and zings. Isn't that <laughs> onomatopoeia? The sound? Like, it's spelled like it sounds? Yeah. Yeah. Like, specifically, I'm looking at a nice long zing. Hey, kids, write us. Let us know what yeah. an onomatopoeia is, if we're right or wrong. Okay. Uh, well, here, I, I have the, the passage where they get shot at. Let's um, do it. Okay. What so page th- we on? Uh, specific. Uh, so, we are on page... Eight. Uh, six for me. Oh, six, okay. Yeah, it's pretty early. Uh, it is early. Yeah, so, like, I'm just gonna go right after this zing. Yeah, page six, zing! Right. <laughs> the zing is apparently a gunshot. Yeah, that's what a bullet whizzes by, it goes zing. I remember when I used to go hunting, Yeah. like, every time I'd kill a deer, I'd laugh because the gun just went zing! <laughs> hunting would be different, it made, like, laser noises. Uh, so anyways, zing. I felt something go th- right through my tail fetters. Hey, someone's down there shooting at us, I said. I can see them, Cassie said. She and Marco had joined up with us. They both had morphed the same osprey. It was hard to tell them apart because you can't really tell where thought speech comes from. Two guys over in the woods. They have a rifle. I can't believe this. I was really mad. I'm an endangered species. I'm a bald eagle. What's the matter with those creeps? By the way, love the nationalism. It's, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Bald eagles suck. They turned her into a bald eagle. She's the real leader. Yeah. She's the real leader. Jake is a piece of shit. But they call him the leader, but he's bland. No yeah. personality. Right. Uh, like, let it be known that I think we both hate Jake. Hate him. We just hate him. Uh, he should have died as a lizard. <laughs> um, <laughs> he ate too many spiders. And his, too stomach, many spiders. his stomach burst open. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like the idea they ate some plastic. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm getting fat on spider over here. Um, but yeah, like, together they, they can make, like, the actual, like, national, like, symbol. Because they have the bald eagle and the red-tailed talk, which is the actual coolest bird. The very coolest bird. And as the sound that you get from most bald eagles mm-hmm. on TV, red-tailed hawks. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so awesome. what, what do they do with these? like jerks that are shooting so, at the national symbol so they come up with this great plan all right they start flying low okay coming right at them while these two little jerks one of them has a ponytail they're teenagers drinking beer which they say hey that's no good yeah like because they're, they're all narcs <laughs> yeah <laughs> all yurks are cops and all animorphs are narcs it's fine uh, also, there's a fun line here where it says, Tobias has a special reason for disliking anyone who would shoot a bird. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> they don't want to spoil it in chapter one that Tobias is a bird. It's fine. Right. So they do something here that, honestly, I respect. And it's something I wish we would do more as Americans. Okay, what's that? Direct action. They take the gun away. <laughs> yeah, t- you know what, everyone? They, they see some irresponsible fucking gun owners, and they take the gun away. L- listeners, if you see a gun... Steal it and run off take with it. it. Just, st- and if you see them drinking a beer, take that beer and dump it out in yeah, front of them. Dump it out, throw it in a trash can. Right. Which is what they do. Exactly what Tobias they do. Tobias scratches one dude's face because he loves going for the face. That's his move. <laughs> Tobias loves faces. He scratches this guy's face. So good. Rachel grabs the gun. Marco grabs the beer. Yeah. Rachel flies the gun out into the ocean and drops it in the ocean. <laughs> Activism birds. Yeah. Love it. And Marco drops the the beer in a garbage can yeah and you get some good like also animal brain dialogue in this in this section as well because my, I, th- I think my favorite writing that uh Catherine a applegate does is like the animal brain stuff let's keep only doing the full name well yeah well, Catherine alice applegate it's alice is okay. it is it else did you what'd you say a oh i should be listening to you <laughs> i just said a applegate i don't know um but yeah like there's like 
It, it's talking about like how the, the the bird brain really has to take over because the human brain just can't deal with flying. Yeah, it doesn't understand speed. it. So it's just like tree bank left, tree bank right, tree 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 tree. tree. <laughs> and yes. like I I enjoyed that kind of style of writing where it's just like stream of consciousness from a dud dumb dumb bird. Yeah, because for, for dumb children reading these dumb books. Yeah, it's for the it's for the dumb people. Tree and... tree 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 tree. Yeah, <laughs> I yelled half from terror and half from total out of control thrill of it. In and out and through and through. Zoom zoom. Suddenly. There they were, just ahead in a clearing. Two teenage creeps sitting in the back of a pickup truck. One guy had a blonde ponytail. Ew. Ray yeah, like say that. I'm immediate saying villain. Ew. Just ponytail. ew. <laughs> the other one wore a baseball cap. They were 100 yards away, like being all the way down a football field. But my eagle eyes were so good, I could count their eyelashes. The guy with the ponytail had the rifle. The other guy was drinking a beer. They were still scanning the skies looking for us. Guess what, morons? I thought as we raced them, we're not up there anymore. Right here, in your face, man. It's good. Every single it's, part of in your face gets its own line. Yeah, its own line, its own ellipses, and then face with an exclamation point. So let's let's the, address this. The words are in our face. The first, the start of the first book, mm. a slog, a boring slog. Yeah, it's talking about like dumb teenage stuff. Like we're hanging yeah. out at the mall. We're at the mall. I can't beat the Nether Fjord, but Marco can. Here's my friend Tobias. I only like him because I defend him. He gets beat up all the time. Man. Oh, here's these bitches I hang out with. One's my cousin. The other one I kind of like. She's hot. Yeah, but this one, it's like never give Jake a book again. Is what I never. Yeah. But there are so many Jake books. Of course, there are. There's so many. Yeah, but it immediately has a voice. It's interesting. There's action. Right. It's a beautiful cold open to this book. Yeah, no, it's it's very good. And it, it definitely starts out with, like, bird attacks, which I think is a great start to any book. It, it's a great start to the book, and they they call it a day. They fly back to their little church area, the little bell tower. Yeah. And they mention how Cassie's a beautiful morpher. She's great at it. She turns human but keeps the wings and looks like a beautiful angel, which is fine. Yeah, she has a strong connection to animals. She has a strong connection to animals. She's the best at morphing. I'm most excited for her book, I think. Because like, I want to know more about Cassie, I think, than any other animorph. I think I know enough about Tobias to really kind of paint a full picture. I don't care about Jake. I care a little bit more about Marco. He's more interesting, but he's also more eh, acidic. Can, can we call it corrosive? He's like I think he just doesn't know how to deal with his shit. Yeah, like and it, like it just controls him. Whereas like I think Rachel like is a good person. She has strong assertive you know assertive feelings and courage. But like Cassie, like we don't know what the hell's going on in her brain because like I don't think she you know she hasn't doesn't know how to write Cassie yet. Yeah, we. So have she's a, just good at morphing. That's, she's, her, that's <laughs> she's, her thing. She's great morpher. She's great at looking good morphing. And I don't. I don't like Marco a whole lot. I remember being a kid liking Marco, thinking he was funny. Now I think he's a fucking dick. He's the Raphael of the group. He's the, you know, he's got that tood. Well, the tood, he says something really sexist, and I've earmarked it. Well, yeah, but that was just in the 90s. Everyone was really sexist. Well, yeah, I know, but it's it's jarring to read it now yeah, with I, this I, language. I know which part you're Knowing that this is for kids. We'll, and we'll get to it. But no, like, I'm, I'm there. I got it. You want to read the, yeah, read the sexist part. I'll read it. This starts with Marco talking after they've morphed back. All right. Personally, I'm glad to be back to my regular body, Marco said. The flying part is great, but it's not a good idea to be able to see that well. Why? Jake asked. 
Look, Jake, how many times have you been walking around the mall or whatever, and you'll see a girl who seems good-looking from far off, but when you get closer, it turns out she's a total skank. I mean, if you could see this well all the time... Excuse me, I interrupted. I'm sure I didn't hear you say what I thought you just said. I wasn't being sexist, Marco protested. It goes both ways. See, from far off, I look taller than I am. See? Uh, I, everybody's wrong. Is The right's wrong. The left is wrong. Everybody's ugly. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not calling you ugly from a position of power that you can't fight, which is exactly what he's doing. No, like, it's, it's like the boys, you know, boys will be boys kind of, like, storytelling, and which the only, was a thing. The it, only function that I like of this, and that I actually respect of this, is that Catherine Alice Applegate makes the girl say, hey, fuck you, calls him out on this immediately. Uh, like not strongly though. Like it was a it was a polite kind of chiding of right. like you don't look so hot yourself. Like that that's all that kind of happened from it. I don't know. I, having a kid learn what a skank was, I don't I don't like it. I mean, yeah, like whatever. Like remember Wayne's World scud. <laughs> yeah. She's a scud. She's a scud. Yes. All right. But enough, so enough about scuds. Enough about scuds. Uh, there's some great transformation lines here though, where like they go. They, she has like some weird. Catherine A. Applegate. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're saying the full name. Yeah, not um, Rachel. We're speaking about the author. Catherine, 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 Catherine A. Applegate. Applegate. Probably has some, like, weird fetishes. Because there's a lot of, like, transformation things where she, like, goes into, like, that gross, gross detail. Oh, yeah. Of, like, uh, like for example, uh, her turning back into a bird. My yellow bill sucked into my mouth to become white teeth. That part sort of itched. Made me want to grind my teeth a few times. My lips grew around my teeth. <laughs> My eyes went from pale gold to normal blue. My my legs grew quite a bit from three inches to normal size. Like, you know, like, it, mm-hmm. it goes into this kind of detail that you would get out of a Harlequin novel. Right. And it's the one, the line that they usually put in, well, they put it in all the books so far, yeah. is this probably should have hurt, but it really didn't. No. And like it's like, oh. They, they go into, like, the really, like, the feeling. How did it feel? Right. It's like, oh. Watching my spine extend really itched, but yeah. I liked it. Ooh, my tailbone kind of went out a little bit. Oh, I feel this tail protruding from my back, and my legs are full of power now. Maybe I'm just like adding some extra things to it. I, I mean, actually, hold on. Yes, I am definitely oh, yeah. adding some extra We're bringing some baggage to this. <laughs> right. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that it these books probably awaken some things in some uh, young, young budding furries out there on the internet. I mean,. Yeah, I can't come without thinking about someone's lips growing around their teeth. <laughs> God damn it. Like, I, I highlighted that line because it is just so gross. It's, yeah. Um, and, like, well, she mentions it. It's the kind of thing that would give you nightmares. <laughs> um, which, actually, hold on. This leads into other things later it does, on. Yeah. They use, like, the, the mid-morph mm-hmm. thing. So, well, that happens right after they, they become birds, right? Uh, well, it's a little bit later. Okay, well, uh, so what happens after they, they unmorph? Um, like, they're talking about, like, I wish we weren't in the secret war, because, you know, me, I'm Marco. Well, I want to I want to go on David Letterman. Yeah, I like... Be, <laughs> I want to be famous. Jake's like, I could be a stuntman. Tobias is like, oh, the, I'm still a bird. The dumbest line. Like, what would you do if you could just be open with your powers? I'd be a stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> Shut it's, like, it's like, I could jump out of a building. It would look real. But I turned into a bird and fly away before it landed. It's like, oh, God. It's like, Jake, that's a shitty stunt. <laughs> yeah, Jake is the, the Fred of Scooby-Doo. Like, he's he's so boring. Yeah, just neckerchief and Like, his original ideas are just to, like, be the most boring guy. But, it's, like, could turn into an animal to, like, be really good at it. Yeah, it's like, I'm a dope. <laughs> I could be this, a dock worker and 
turn into a, a, a yak and yeah. pull pull I, the boat in. I'd like to work on the dock, and if I drop a tool, I'll just turn into a fish and go get it and bring it back. <laughs> That's my Jake thought, by the way. I think those are all Jake thoughts. <laughs> yeah, he's just the dumb guy. Jake sucks. Yeah, um, Jake. It's the moral of the story. Um, but like, well, then she goes into her gymnastics, right? Well, so, I mean, they say morphing is great. This is mm. great, but we're in war. What's our next step? We totally—they're not all sold into it though, because like, you know, the only one who's all in is Tobias and, and Rachel. And well, Rachel's not in all the way. And yet. Cassie, like, Rachel has doubts, right? Like, I think that's the kind of like because this—the thing about like, like about this book is that, and I think. Animorph books going forward for at least the next couple are just gonna be like pure character studies. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we are focused on Rachel and we are right. learning Rachel's motivations. And yeah. we know that she is not 100% in this war. She knows it's important, but she doesn't have proper yeah. motivation she, to do it. She knows that she has to do it because that's what's right. It's the right thing to do. But she does that out of a sense of duty. She doesn't have something she's fighting for right. other than I'm brave and a good person, which I mean, fuck yeah. That's a good reason. Yeah, that's... But she got no skin in this game. Which I get. Like, I think everyone who wants to do the right thing needs to have, like, that personal motivator. Right. And she's, she don't got that yet. Right. And nobody is completely altruistic enough to be like, I'm fighting this because it's right. Except for Tobias. I think Tobias was, like, all in, all the way at the beginning. And I think that's partially because he had that special bond with Prince Elfie. Yeah. And... That, that'll be covered later, I think. I guess. Because, like, I, they keep on going back to, like, uh, the connection that they had in the beginning. And, yeah, the next book is Tobias. You get a really phenomenal reason for why he's fighting. Okay. It's book three. Real good. A great book. Just, I love it. L- listeners, listen to the next podcast. Yeah, skip this skip one. Skip this one. Skip this one. Just go right to book three. Skip it. <laughs> Actually, no, this is a good book. Please don't. Well, no, 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 hold on. Okay. They decide, they, like, we fuck the Yurks up. We we gotta keep hitting them. We gotta hit these yurks again. We need to figure out. They're after the pools. Yeah, like a- and they're talking about how they went to their pool and how Jake said he went back to look and that it's gone. Yeah, the like, door to the pool is gone. Like, is there still a door there? Is it filled in or is it like? It, he just says the door's gone, okay. so they can't get to the pool from there. And they're like, "Well, we know our vice principal Chapman is a yurk commander, right? How can we get at him?" And they have this idea. They say, "Rachel, you're friends with Chapman's daughter Melissa." So, we're gonna we're gonna levy your friendship with her to try and take down an alien invasion. And Rachel feels gross about it, which tells me she's a great person. Yeah, Jake had Jake spent the entirety of book one in denial about his brother. Yeah, like, uh, and yeah, they. Eventually, I feel bad for that. Like that makes yeah, sense. No, they they tried to save him and fucking failed. Yeah, but Rachel's like, I feel gross about doing that, but. The greater good is more important than me feeling gross right now. The greater good. And they mention, Rachel mentions, Melissa's become distant. Something's wrong. Something's not quite right. Right. And it's like, ooh, they thought that about Jake's brother Tom, too. Yeah, like, the first note I wrote is like, oh, he, she's she's been yurked. Because, like, that, I, I predicted, I, I had low standards for this book going mm-hmm. in, I think. Because, like, I was just like, okay, I bet you I, I could predict exactly what's going to happen. And it's much worse, isn't it? Well, it's different. It's like, different, you know, but I'd say it's worse. I knew that they were going to go on that adventure, but, you know, I didn't know to what extent or how they were going to go about it. Um, so as soon as I heard, like, oh, Melissa's been distant and weird. Um, yeah, it's because she has a worm in her brain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but so, you know, and her connection through Melissa was old child and friend, and they have the same gymnastics class together. Yeah. Right. So 
They yeah. go to the YMCA, practice for the gym. Right. Melissa is characteristically distant and will not connect with Rachel. Rachel's like, hey, let's hang out. Let's. I need to go get new shoes. Let's go to the mall. And Melissa's like, I can't. I have to go. My planet needs me. That kind of like... It's like, yeah, that sounds fun. But, and Rachel can tell that she's getting fucking blown off. Yeah, a little cold and distant, right? Yeah. Like, you know... It, it's like, she says, hey, Melissa, I said, how's it going? Fine. How about you? Oh, pretty much the same old thing. That was a lie, of course. What was I going to say? Yeah, Melissa, same old, same old. Been turning into animals and fighting aliens. You know, the usual. Which, that's smarter and more interesting than Jake ever said in book one. And then she continues. Melissa didn't say anything else. She just adjusted her leotard and started to do a few little stretches. That's the way it was. We said hi, but not much more. Used to be we were very close. She was my second best friend after Cassie. Melissa, I was thinking, maybe you'd like to walk over to the mall with me after class. I have to buy a new pair of sneakers. The mall? She stammered a little and then started blushing. You mean go shopping? And then she shuts it down. She's like, no, nah, I have homework. Can't do it. Uh, she says, I'm um, kind of busy. Oh, that's cool. I understand. But I didn't understand. Not at all. She started to walk away. I was going to let it go, but then I remembered. This wasn't just about a friend who had drifted away. This is about her father, one of the leaders of the controllers. One of our most dangerous enemies. I grabbed her arm. Melissa, look. I feel like we've kind of gone in different ways, you know? And I miss you. She shrugged. Okay, well, maybe we can get together sometime. So, you know, like, she's doing the, like, connection thing of, like, I need to know about one of our most dangerous... She's aware that, like, Principal Chapman, or Vice Principal? Vice Principal, yeah. Vice Principal Chapman, like, is an important source of information Mm -hmm. for the Animorphs. For the Animorphs. (laughs) There's a yerk in his brain, and it's in charge. Um, But, like, you know, I think, like, halfway through, she realizes, like, oh, my friend is also in trouble, too. Yeah. Right? Like, she she knows something is amiss and wants to know more about it. And she's trying to connect with a friend. Yeah. Which, yeah, uh, and, like, this is a nice realistic depiction of, like, a friend you haven't talked to in a while, mm-hmm. and you're trying to reconnect, and they're distant. Yeah. You know, like, maybe, like, they just don't like you anymore. Right. Or there's, like, like, what's going on? Why do you like me? Right. You know, and, it, like, that's a very, like, teenage emotion, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And she, to Rachel's credit, she jumps to it right away. She's like, oh, God, is Melissa a controller? Like, yeah. is she yerked up? Yes. Way smarter than Jake. <laughs> way smarter than Jake. So... After gymnastic practice, mm-hmm. my favorite part of this book happens. I don't know if it's your favorite part. <laughs> Just but, fa- like, part you liked but, the most? Uh, it was it. It felt the most 90s. Because growing up in the 90s, mm. I was warned, like, if you're going out alone, someone could get you. Yeah. No matter where you go, someone will get you. Sonic the Hedgehog told me about strangers. Yeah, <laughs> and if anyone's touching you inappropriately... Please tell an adult. Thanks, right. Urkel Sonic. It's fine. Like, well, everything in the 90s was always about a stranger that is around yeah. to, like, just capture you. Stranger, danger, all the time. Right, but the, I think part of the problem with, like, that messaging in the 90s was it was always targeted towards, like, really young kids. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rachel here is... Supposedly 15? 14, 15? 15? Look, it's ambiguous so the kid can be like, just maybe a few years older than me. 15? Like, you know, they keep on mentioning how she looks like a model and how yeah. it embarrasses her in, right. in ways. You know, which I also think is like a nice, like, nod to teenage emotions. Yeah, exactly. Because I looked like a model when I was 15. Well, you still, I, I, you, knew the, you I, I know the struggles of being super attractive. You still do, man. You look great. Right. You look fucking good. Yeah. Like, like, you look good. Like, really good. <laughs> Uh, wow. <laughs> Fine. Um, so, this yeah. next part, she decides to, she gets, like, really pissed off. She fucked up at gymnastics. She fucked up with her friend. Right. She's like, fuck this. I mean, she doesn't say fuck this. It's a kid's book. But she goes outside in the rain to fucking stomp home. And that's when 
a gentleman, I'm using that term loosely, mm-hmm. not real, jumps out of the car and says, hey, baby, he said, want to go for a little ride? I shook my head and clutched my gym bag close. What an idiot I was to be so careless. See, I don't like that. Well, the, Her blaming herself for going outside. Yeah, there's a lot more victim blaming going on it's, here, which, you know, again, is super 90s. Now don't be stuck up, sweet thing. I think you'd better get in the car. The way he said it, it didn't sound like an invitation. It sounded like an order. Now I was really afraid. I clutched my gym bag close as I passed him. Don't ignore me, he hissed. He reacted, or he reached for me and missed. I walked faster. He's behind me. I broke into a run. He ran after me. Hey, hey there, come back here. I had been stupid going out alone, but fortunately, unlike most people, I wasn't helpless. As I ran, I focused on something completely different. I concentrated on an image in my mind. Then I felt the change begin. My legs grew thick. My arms grew big, bigger. I could feel myself growing large, large and solid. I felt the squirmy sensation of my ears becoming thin and leathery. But it wasn't enough to just look creepy. This guy had made me mad. I wanted to scare him half to death. My nose suddenly began to sprout. Then from my mouth, two huge spears, the tusks, began to appear. I figured that was about enough. I broke my concentration, which stopped the more. I stopped suddenly. The creep barreled right into me. He was not going to like what he was about to see. I wanted to tell the jerk to step off. What I wanted to say to him was, So, you still want to go for that ride? What I really said was, (laughs) The guy stopped dead. He just stared. What he saw was me, halfway through morphing into an African elephant. I had about a third of a trunk and most of my huge fan-like elephant ears. My legs were like stumps. My arms looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger's, only gray. His are kind of gray now. And my tusks stuck about a foot out of my mouth, just to make things extra weird. I still had my normal hair and normal (laughs) eyes. Suddenly, this guy wasn't interested in hassling me. Ah! He turned and ran. For a minute, he forgot he even had a car, then turned around and jumped through an open window. He started the car and took off. Yeah. Which... That that, that does rule. That's pretty good. Yeah. And it's... And also, it's legitimately funny. It's... Yes. (laughs) It's like... As an adult, I chuckled. Yeah, reading this, I was like, oh, God, this is terrifying. There's a raper coming. And... Like, that was... I, I read that as it was written. Yeah. I did some, like of my own personality and performance to it, but mm. I'm really going with the gold that Catherine Alice Applegate spun for us here. Yeah, the girl that what looked like half an elephant. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> the girl what looked like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but like I like the idea that they can use like the half transformation, yeah. like spookiness. Yeah, that's that's very cool, and it comes into play next book really good too. Yeah, and, and like, you know, it showed that raper off. Showed him the fuck off. Right. Um... You know, and, and like I think it they it bums me out what happened afterwards. Oh, um, where she gets in the car with Chapman and Melissa. Well, yeah, I, I think we should cover that before we get into like the response of turning into half an elephant. But um, yeah, like the gang really kind of gangs up and are like, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that." Yeah, yeah. Well, you I, know? I mean, she gets in the car with Chapman and Melissa, right? And it was all weird because Rachel's focusing on Yerk Chapman. Right. Well, and you know, like she's like, "Oh, does he know?" Does yeah, he know? it's like, did she? Did they see any of this? They might have seen me, which is terrifying. But brain slug knows who you are. Can shoot a laser at your ass. It's like you're dead. Yeah, but like brain slug also is trying to keep up appearances. Right. Right. Like, That's very important. You know, and so he's just like, "Oh, so how was human school? Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> I hope you had a human day." <laughs> Excellent. And, like, she was just out there kind of freaked out by yeah. both the encounter and, like, the yeah, situation. because she, she could tell that he was 
putting on airs. She knew something wasn't right. Yeah. It was all very fake, and, like, there was no one there. Which, right. There it isn't. It's fine. Spoiler alert. He's got a yerk in his brain. We learned the last book. Right. So, I mean, after that encounter, she calls a meeting of the Animorphs by saying this great line. Um, Do you want to come over? I said, I got that new album if you want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the new album. Come over to my new album, Jake. Hello, friends. I have the new album. Let us listen to it. <laughs> yeah. She calls uh, Cassie, Marco, and, and Jake over to listen to the new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, no, just to kind of talk Animorphs stock. Right. Um, and, and this is where she admits to kind of doing the, the half, half transformation. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like Marco being, in, uh, you know, kind of insensitive dickhole. Um, just says, like, oh, it's dumb, dumb, dumb. Oh, you're so dumb. What if that guy was a controller? Uh, he wasn't a controller, I said scornfully. Why would the Earth want to make a controller out of a punk? Um, which is all good points. And yeah. also, I think, just, like, first should be, are you okay? How you feeling about right. the whole like, spooky... oh, my God, you almost got <laughs> taken. Right. And if you're Liam Neeson as Jake, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> you're yeah. Not, you're not getting back. No. Um, you know, and, and even Cassie kind of gets onto it, where she's like... Uh, Cassie gave me an encouraging smile. It was dumb putting yourself in that position, Rachel. You need to be more careful. And so, like, I'm just kind of like, come on, give Rachel a break yeah. for a second. It's like, Rachel, you shouldn't have used your life-saving power. You should have got kidnapped. <laughs> just get kidnapped and then stomping on him as an elephant. Yeah, it's... I, which actually isn't a bad plan. Um, but Well, Cassie actually does say, like, still, I had to pay the, my next ten allowances to see the look on that guy's face. Which, like, Okay, Cassie understands it, but still kind of, like, you know, beats on her a little bit, which mm-hmm. I thought kind of sucked. Um, so, so you get a little insight into Rachel's home life as well. You find out mom and dad are divorced. Right, dad's a weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, I skipped over that. Dad's you skipped over. Hold, let me read it to you. Yeah, I happened to glance over at my desk. There was my math homework still not done. That didn't make me feel any better. But then I looked at the photos I had mounted in one of those big frames with six different holes. One was of me with my mom and dad on a whitewater rafting trip we took. One was of me visiting my dad at his job. He's a weatherman on TV. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, like, every- mom's a lawyer or works in legal. Yeah. They're divorced. She's got two younger sisters. Yeah. And they come up with their plan of what they're going to do. They need to turn into small animals to right. infiltrate Vice Principal Chapman's house. Right. Small animals, like what, Marco asked? When Jake turned into a lizard, he got, he almost got, well, it says he got stepped on. Did they step on him? Yeah, they took his tail off. Okay. There's a he, big point of contention, lizard talk, lizard right. tail talk. Right. He lost his tail, besides what are you going to morph into a cockroach? And, like, I like how they react to the idea of morphing into a cockroach. Yeah, that's, they're disgusted with it. Well, like, you know, the, the, they bring it up. Like, the problem with the cockroach, I said, aside from the fact that it's too gross to believe, is that roach senses might not even be useful to us. Uh, can you hear in the way that would make it possible for us to understand what he's hearing? Like, right. I, you know, again, like stuff I never really thought about when thinking about turning to animals. Right. I just if assume I, tur- I can hear everything. Yeah, if you turn to a cockroach, really all you hear is... Like when somebody's talking and... I'm going to speak for the audience. Please don't do that again. <laughs> what, the little pitter? Don't. No. I'm rubbing it. This is an unlistenable mess. I'm rubbing it. Whatever, it's bad, I'll cut it. <laughs> no, but we leave it in the picture. <laughs> Anyways, like, yeah, like, they're not going to hear human voice sounds. They're going to hear just weird vibrations of a larynx and, you know, not really know what yeah. that means and understand it. Right. You know, they're not thought speaking. <laughs> right. They're not using their magical telepathy. Right. But it's... so and, and also, like, the idea of dealing with a bug brain. Like, if a lizard brain was bad enough, 
like if the idea of turning to a bug is like you just kind of lose all control. You mm-hmm. can't rely on the bug brain to know what to do because there is none. Right. It's just impulse, impulse, impulse. It is a brainstem. <laughs> yeah. It's there's some vague sensory impulse. That's it. You can't really control it. Right. So which honestly, that was one of my favorite parts of this book when that happens. Yeah. We'll when, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to it. We'll get to the bug part. But um. You know, they, they come to the conclusion that they need some small, sneaky animal. Right. Something that will raise no suspicion. So they look at those pictures on Rachel's desk. And what do they find? They see a picture of her and Melissa. And between them, a small black and white kitten. A kitten named... Okay. Do you want to say it? Because I... <sighs> it's Fluffy McKittens. Fluffy McKittens. Uh, the, uh, Flu- uh, sorry. Fluffer McKitty yeah, is Fluff- its name. I, I like Fluffy McKittens. I think that's a better name. Well, uh, I like the name Fluffer because it makes me want you, yeah. m- makes me want to ask you to give the listeners your recipe for a Fluffer Nutter sandwich. I love Fluffer Nutters. Okay, here's a recipe for a Fluffer Nutter sandwich. I'd never heard this before I met Nate. They're good. Apparently, it's like an East Coast thing. We're, we're from the West Coast. Yeah, I know. My dad's from the East Coast. He, he told me about the Fluffer Nutter. Yeah, how's your dad doing? Tell me about your dad. <laughs> Let's get into dad issues. Well, like I said, this... Daddy talk on single wine dad animorphs. <laughs> this is this is a book about dads as well as, you know, teenage teenage emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, a Fluffer Nutter is um, marshmallow fluff, which you can just buy, apparently, from a jar, and peanut butter. Yeah. And you make that in a sandwich. It's real good. It's called a fluffer nutter. It's, I, I kind of want one. It's uh, There's a reason we're thick boys. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, we're, we're Tobias boys for life. <laughs> Team Tobias boys. Um, we're, Tobias definitely got down with some fluffer nutters. Yeah, we're definitely a couple of snacks over here. <laughs> snacks that eat like a meal. Um, so so they're turning to this, tux, like, well, the plan is to turn into a tuxedo cat. Yeah. Right. Fluffer McKitty. Right. So that's that's what's on the cover. Rachel turning into the cat. The morph of this book is the cat. Right. So they they make the plan, um, but then they kind of stop. Like, well, hold on. I'm gonna like remind myself what chapter six is. Okay. I, I kind of forget. I, it's it's where they come up with the plan. Right. They talk about Fluffer McKitty. Yeah. Tobias talks about how it would be fun to eat rats yeah they go into and, like how marco kind of sucks in school right um like there's this line where it's like you know i said about that attention he gave you talking about principal chapman mm-hmm. or vice principal uh look if you're gonna get listen to music in math class with the earphones hidden underneath your hair you have to remember not to start singing along to it which i think is a dumb dumb lie dumb the men in this are dumb well i think like the writing in that is bad nobody does that yeah nobody does that like even the like the shittiest people i knew in high school did not like jam out of the music and start singing along because he's he's a wacky guy like, it's not what people do um so we've reached the this book's morph do you want to do your report on this morph yeah let's, let's let me let's start let me pass this off to you okay it's the Animorph in Time book report. Oh, I have a sound cue. <laughs> All right, play it. So I would say that this book report is now in your hands. God, they all look 30. They all, they're all 30. hands. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, that was a theme song to the Animorphs television show. Man, uh, yeah, I, also, so, I watched that off of your phone. Um, it kind of sucks that they gave Tobias a face, because he's probably just going to be a bird from us that series. 
I feel bad for that actor. I only ever saw the first episode, which I loved because we're poor and I couldn't, we couldn't afford Nickelodeon. It's all in your hands. It's all in your hands. It's all... So this book report's all in your hands. Let's hear about cats. Okay. Hold on. Before we hear about cats, let's... Yeah, top off the boss. The boss. The, my, my cup says the boss on we're, it. We're topping off the boss here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I was a bad book reporter. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't like open up an Encyclopedia Britannica. You didn't? I didn't like do the actual research that I should have been doing. So instead I kind of cobbled together some hot cat facts. Because again, it's a cat. We it's kinda... a cat. We know how cats fuck. We right. didn't know how green animals fuck. Team Doolap over here. Well, here, it's like if you want to continue penis talk, actually. I, I guess we can. Okay, so I'm going to start I off. Mean, this I'm whole gonna, podcast is just penis talk. I'm going to start off with penis talk. So here's a fun fact about cat penises. Did you know that they have barbed penises? Huh, like their tongues? Uh, yeah, kind of, I guess. Like, well, I mean, the whole idea with, like, and this goes for all animals, too, is that, um, if they have, like... I don't have a barbed penis. Well, I mean, all animals that have barbed penises, the reason why they are barbed is to scrub out competitors, um, the funky juice. But what's that funky juice? That funky, funky semen juice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spermazoa. Isn't that, I mean... Speaking as the one with a biology degree. Okay. Yeah, go Okay. Let's bust out that, the degrees. Isn't that also the function of the head of the penis? How it kind of, like, it's kind of globular like a helmet. And it's got the, like, the head parts that connect yeah. to the shaft. Doesn't, isn't the point of insertion, if there's other spermatozoa in there, as yeah, you okay. call it, or gametes. <laughs> Who are you calling gametes? <laughs> biology degree here. Nurse. So the penis goes in there. Yeah. It, like plunges head first into another dude's load right right and like so the load will come around the head yeah and get stuck like we're either like a, like a plunger right? yeah like, like the idea is where there's plunging like, out where there's the... foreskin or no foreskin yeah you circumcised um i i'm circumcised i'm circumcised as well hey any hooded boys out there we'd love mm. to hear from you what it's like but <laughs> so the other the other dude's load or other woman's load yeah gets caught on that penis, right. and as the penis exits, it pulls out some of that load, right? Yeah, but, like, I think it's more of a problem for cats, because cats go into heat, right? Like, they have that, like, period, of, that hot period, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> where they're, like, they're 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 ready to get down, you know, and humans mm-hmm. don't have that, so, you know, for tomcats... Um... Also, please let me say that there can be non-binary penises as well. That was... I missed that, and I am genuinely sorry. Listen, I didn't. I I am. I'm like I said, guys and gals. I let let's agree that. To, oh, okay, I'm gonna agree to two things. One, gender is a social contract, con, a social construct. Construct, right? yeah, not contract. Someone, <laughs> I, I signed papers. Someone's <laughs> someone's feeling the tempranillo. And thing number two is that all cats are girls. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so <laughs> all dogs are boys and all cats are girls, right? Right. So, anyways, like, Could, cat, please cat, continue. I, well, that's the reason why cats have barbies. Scrub out the because, okay. like, you know, there's that hot period, you know, where fe- it's like female cats just like get yeah. on the high post and yeah. scream, "Fuck me!" Yeah, as loud as they can. Fill me up, boys. <laughs> there's a port right. in town, and I need a lot of semen. Right. So that's uh, a hot cat fact. That's a hot. Cat. Would you a like very some, hot cat fact? <laughs> would you like some non-sexual cat facts? Please, let's get off the sexual cat facts. Okay, according to this Reddit uh, thread. Oh God, you know. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, uh, apparently, they basically domesticated themselves. When agri- agriculture became a thing, human needs place to store their crops, which attracted rodents, which attracted cats. Right, so they just decided that they needed to be there one day, and humans were just kind of cool with it. 
Right, which kind of plays into the that's, idea that cats just don't care about humans yeah, in general. Yeah, that's the most cat cat fact I've ever heard. Right. Where it's that, like, hey, there's a steady stream of dirty food here. Eh, I don't care about these other fucks. Right, like, this thing won't murder me if I get pet by it occasionally, and right. I'm soft, so here we go. Right. Um, that's a good cat fact. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep hitting me with okay, these. Okay, here's a fun cat fact. Let's do it. Um, if you are, say, terribly diabetic and die in your home. One day, yeah. One day. Um, a cat might come by and <laughs> and actually eat parts of you. Are we doing this? Are, um, we, are we doing this? This is the episode where we talk about Napoleon, okay. our, our previous cat, uh, so who, Nate who ate I, somebody. <laughs> Nate and I have known each other for a very long time. We've yes. been friends for a very long time. Yes. We owned a cat together. Yeah. So... Out of the blue, many years ago, what, 2008, 2009? No, earlier, 2007, 6, somewhere in there, right? A decade plus. Oh, God, 13 years ago. Oh, God, whose old hands are these? Uh, (laughs) That's going to be the thing I say in every episode, whose hands are these, because I'm old. The subline. But, uh, so, my cousin calls me one day. My cousin Lisa's like, hey, uh... I have a friend who passed away, and he had a couple cats. Do you want to adopt one? And we're like, yeah, we, we'll take a cat. We, we'd love to adopt a cat. And she says, so, so we're going to get the cat. And I'm like, so, yeah, what happened to your friend? And she's like, well, he died, for, he died in his apartment, and no one found him for a few weeks. And his two cats, Napoleon and Gypsy, were still alive. Because they'd eaten some of him. <laughs> right. So the, so the cat we owned, Napoleon, mm-hmm. a... Great cat. Great. <laughs> like he... Black he, as night. Loki hated you, but like, you know, like I like that distance. Yeah, it was, he was very, I mean... He was it, distant, but like he would like occasionally like need comfort in the cold night. Yeah. And I'm in, like, all right, I will pet your back and it'll be good. In the words of one of the great songwriters and poets of our time... Mm, K.A. Applegate. No, I was, he was hot, and then he was cold. Oh, okay. He was yes, then he was no. Yeah. He was in, then he was out. He was up, then he was down. Yeah. My point is, yes, sometimes you could pet him, or sometimes don't touch him, or what? sometimes he just wants to lay there in front of the floor heater. <laughs> I, I know what happened to me. I'm sure it happened to you. Mm. Did you ever wake up with him standing on your chest? Yeah, stealing my breath. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Was he stealing your breath or getting ready to eat you? Because I always thought, given his history of eating human, mm-hmm. that he was like, is this the time? Do I, I, do I, I get I, to have another one? I also, I've never thought that he was trying to like eat me. That was like, always I, my thought. He, he, was, he, I just know he would if I died. So yeah, um, we owned a cat that ate people. No right. So I think like last cat fact to, to wrap this up um, is, let's, uh, let's talk about toxoplasmosis. <laughs> yes, let's... I love toxoplasmosis. It's my favorite cat fact. That yes. So, um, so like toxoplasmosis. If you don't know, um, there, there's a parasite that's pretty common in cats. I want to say like most cats have it. Yeah, it, pretty much all cats have it. And if you've ever owned or lived with a cat, there's a greater than fifty percent chance you have it as well. Right, and especially this is good news if you're pregnant. <laughs> uh, don't pet, uh, don't go near a cat, especially yeah. like their feces or anything yeah, that has it, come out of a cat, because uh, they are chock full of toxoplasmosis. They are, and you know, ultimately, like it could affect the health of the baby. If it could, and it, and it also affects the health a couple different ways. Yeah. Did you look this up, or do you want me to go off as a nurse? No, go off, man. I'll go off as a nurse. It's on you. So, 
there have been studies showing that toxoplasmosis could be it's linked to dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah. So your cat could make your brain go crazy and forget things and just be awful. So there's studies linking it to that. Mm-hmm. However, there's very well it's very well documented that toxoplasmosis will kill you if you have end stage eight. Like yeah. there are a few things that the human body can fight off just without even trying. There's pneumocystic pneumonia, which mm. We all just can fight off like it's nothing. But if you are severely immunocompromised, like someone with end-stage AIDS, it'll kill you. Yeah. That's why people with end-stage AIDS get tuberculosis, because most people have some of that in their lungs. Mm-hmm. But it, if, you're, like, if your body has no white blood cells, all this infection is just growing. It'll yeah. kill you. And one of the very common killers of people with end-stage AIDS is toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosa AKA, gondii, I believe. Yeah. Uh, AKA most cats. Yeah, and it's they say that they are just like microscopic bacterial worms and they can't really diagnose it until after you're dead and that's if they get to cut open your brain and find it. There's like, also been like some like I want to say like fringe studies so like you know if it's wrong then I'm just a dumb man. But um that you know it that uh toxoplasmosis actually increases your affection for cats. Right. Yeah, there so, is that too. So the like the idea being that is if you have toxoplasmosis, you know the little wormies, you know make it your way to your brain. They do something to your brain, mm-hmm. so you kind of become more attracted to cats. Yeah. So like, and it, there's they, like very it, early studies linking it to schizophrenia as well. Like owning yeah. a cat as kid might late like. Do, here's a question: Do you have toxoplasmosis? Probably. I well, probably do. I well, definitely do. I, yeah. I handled tons of cat turds as a kid. Yeah, I mean, I did too. <laughs> I had my Siamese cat, Smidget. I did not name it. I'm very sorry. That's what its name was. I liked your other cat's name. Oh, Shipall? Yeah, Shipall's great. <laughs> Shipall was a white cat that constantly had dirt in it, so my mom called it Shipall, and it's just, it stuck. Its name was Shipall. He <laughs> was a great cat. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's enough of uh, Cat Fact Animal Corner. That's Cat Facts Animal Corner. It's all in your hands. It's all we're not going to do that again. So they have a plan. They're going to morph into Fluffer McKitty. Yeah. And Rachel is going to infiltrate the house. Yeah. And um, I think it's a it's a good plan, right? But, like, their their idea for capturing Fluffer McKitty is not, like, the best plan. <laughs> no. I don't know how they messed this up so bad. They, they <laughs> fucked this up real bad. <laughs> right. But, so I mean, they fuck it up in a way that it... <sighs> it makes for a good story. It makes for a good story. And it also introduces an idea that will probably come back later. And that's um, all I'm going to say about that. Okay. So so Cassie's like, Fluffer McKitty is a tomcat. You need to be careful. Tomcats like two things. They like to fight. They like to hunt. And additionally, a third thing is they like to fuck. That's, Cassie does not mention the fucking no, part. No, but, but they mention how the fighting and yeah, like, mating of... Tomcats, like they get wild. You, There's a lot of talk about like the dominant Tomcat. Yeah, which right? Fluffer McKitty happens to be, despite that name. Um, kind of. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but ultimately, like you know, Fluffer McKitty is is kind of a wild cat, right? And and Cassie's warning Fluffer McKitty about the the wild cat nature here. Um, so they come in with a carrier, and they say like, "All right, we're gonna capture this cat. How? 
Uh, first, I think Marco just kind of goes up, tries to grab Fluffer McKitty. Yeah, it gets his ass slashed. Right. I was like, hell yeah, I'm rooting yep. for Fluffer. I know Marco's one of the five main characters. In general, I think I'm like throughout the book, I'm rooting for Fluffer. Oh uh, yeah, Fluffer gets kind of a bad, bad shake in yeah. this whole thing. Tobias is flying around. He's like, hey, I got Fluffer two blocks down. He's headed your way. Let's yeah. get him. Like, I fucking love that Tobias is just like... Tobias has turned into a, um, a Tom Clancy novel at this point. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, like... He's 12 clicks up. Yeah, he's 12 clicks up. 30 clicks over. Uh, I see a vole. There's a shrew. Some rats. And they're like, there are rats in the city? And Tobias is like, there are juicy, delicious rats everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Might I mention, like, like clicks in this kilometer? I know that they're not, like, 30 kilometers away. Don't write in corrections. Yeah. I won't give you my email. We don't do corrections. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everything we say is true. 100% true. Uh, so, yeah, Tobias. I love how Tobias knows the location of every rat. Oh, yeah. He's like, I found every rat. This one's most delicious. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the thing. He's been a bird for like two weeks. He's eaten more than a couple rats. Well, let's, let's not get into that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, here, I haven't read the next book, so I know that... At, like as an ignorant person, he's eaten some rats. Let me let me tell you. Hmm. Just we're very excited for the next book, but like, so he has not eaten any rats. Okay, All right. just okay. You like, are gonna love the next book. All right. Well, I I thought reading this that well, he yeah, was he like, talks about it like, oh, he, he there's a guy who likes to eat a good rat. Yeah, like I don't talk about a rat in the way that's like that. Tobias talks about a rat, which like, juicy. <laughs> which in the next book you'll see why he talks about it like that, and it's. Fantastic. So plump. So plump. So juicy. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of plague. Yersinia pestis. That's the name of the bacteria uh, on the plague rats. This, Sorry, this, the this, fleas, the plague rats. This is not rat animal corner. Yeah, we'll get... Um, when when they introduce David, we'll do rat animal oh, corner. No. Um, anyway, so Marco, Marco gets slapped down gets by... Gets slapped real good. Like, <laughs> by the cat. And, and now, like, the cat's just, like, fucked off into yeah, a tree. The cat's like, fuck you, I'm going up a tree. Yeah. Dumbass humans fucked my shit up. So, like, all of them are just like, we can't get this cat. For whatever reason, right. apparently they can't climb a tree. Yeah, kids, five kids can't team together and climb a tree. Right. So, so what's the brilliant plan that, like, that Rachel, the bravest, <laughs> comes up with? So, Rachel says, well, here's the thing. Tobias, you catch me a mouse, you give me that mouse, I'll turn into a mouse, I'll lure that cat down. You'll grab the cat before it eats me, and then I'll turn into the cat. Yeah. Tobias is okay with this plan, Yeah, he's like... Do I get to hunt a mouse? Yeah, I'll I'll do that for you, Rachel. You're my favorite person. I'll definitely hunt this mouse for you. Oh, like are the other like animorphs into the plan? Like, are they cool with it? Like, because generally throughout this entire book, like the the other animorphs kind of like Rachel, stop being an idiot, right? That's <laughs> and I think uh, like they do kind of mention like you know they, like this isn't a bad idea, but I think it kind of goes straight into Mouse Town, right? It, yeah, so. So, like, okay, so Tobias gets a mouse, right? What he I, thinks is a mouse. Hold on, I'm going to read it, because oh, this, this is a great line. All right, so this is Tobias speaking. I got something for you. A baby mouse. A mean baby mouse. It keeps on trying to bite me. <laughs> Tobias flew in a low, tight circle overhead, disappearing behind the tree branches, then reappearing. Are you ready? I took a deep breath, and I gave him a wave. Sure, I was ready. Why wouldn't I be ready to have a hawk hand me a mouse? <laughs> That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful sentence. That's a beautiful line. Catherine, Catherine like, Alice Applegate, you're great. If anyone wants to send me a cross stitch of why wouldn't a hawk <laughs> hand me a mouse, right. I'd proudly post that on my wall. Let's put it right there. Wake up to it every morning. <laughs> because that's a great line. <laughs> so, t- 
Tobias drops the mouse. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of Tobias like dropping stuff for the animals. Oh, in the next book, he gets a purse. Oh man, he's <laughs> like great. He's, <laughs> it's great. Um, so so you know, just drops a mouse. <laughs> not Cassie in Rachel's hand. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Cassie says, "Don't let it bite you, rabies." Because, you know... Right, and she's like, you should all get your rabies shots, by the way. Good advice. <laughs> Good advice. Hey, I'm a nurse, and I'm here to say... It's Tyler's nurse advice. Mm-hmm. Get your shots. We're yeah. talking vaccines. We're talking tetanus. We're talking Gardasil. We're talking rabies. Yeah, secret autism, get that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't endorse the secret autism vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'll cut this out. We didn't talk about the secret autism vaccine. <laughs> oh, hey, Jeff Epstein. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. This is secret. Um, so, okay. so they should get their shots. Okay. Um, which is great advice. <laughs> and so Rachel says, I wasn't planning on feeding him my finger. Hey, wait. Cassie pried open my hands to get a better look. It's not a mouse. That's a shrew. See the eyes? They're too small. The tail is wrong. That's not a baby mouse, Tobias. It's a full-grown shrew. Sorry. Is that bad? Sorry, I'm trying... Is that thought speak? How did we do it last time? Like, I'm... Sorry. Is that bad? Is that thought speak? I, I thought it was just, like, you know, normal talk. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think it would be, like, a wacky echo. Okay. Um, and so Marco, like, goes off. He's like, wait, Rachel's gonna turn into a shrew? She's already a shrew, that unlovable bitch. Yeah, kids love Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, and that's one thing, that's one thing I remember back. as a child was how much I loved making Taming of the Shrew references. Marco, in particular, seems like the type of character that would love Taming yeah. of the Shrew. The, the character who's really good at crossing the Nether Fjord and fighting sleaze trolls <laughs> loves Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. There's some, there's, there's a lot of just like hello, hello, kids energy in this book. But, it, but, but so she gets, she absorbs the shrew's DNA, right? Turns into the shrew. Yeah, puts what puts it? the shrew into a trance. Yeah, as you do, acquiring um, it as they call it. So what happens when she acquires the shrew? Um, I mean, like what that she turns into the shrew? Yeah, like what happens when she turns into the shrew? Um, well, here I didn't have this dog-eared. Well, <laughs> I was just well, I'll, no, I'll go off. It's, I, she gets overwhelmed by the fear of being a shrew. Yeah, and like, well, she knew about uh, Jake's experience as a lizard, but right, the, and she she knew that like, okay, right. So Jake told me that this is gonna get weird, and the lizard brain's gonna want to take over, right? But she was not like she didn't understand exactly how overwhelming it's. It's one thing hearing it; it's another thing kind of experiencing it. So yeah, here here's a good part. Um, okay. I heard a voice and sort of understand it, but it was more like a distant thunder. It didn't really mean anything, at least not to the shrew. I was looking for a way out. The brain might have been terrified, but it was also amazingly smart. It was evaluating every possible escape route. It was measuring the distance between the three sets of legs. One set moved slightly. I was off like a shot. Running, running, blades of grass seemed six feet tall. Twigs were like fallen trees that I had to scramble over. My uh, little feet moved with incredible speed. I scooted past a beetle, and it seemed as big as a dog. Rachel, you have to get control. Right. And and it just kind of goes into the, the fear that she feels right. is true. And here's the very specific one, which she kind of gets some, like, weird PTSD from. Right? And mm-hmm. um, so at the same time, there were other feelings. Hunger. I, I smelled nuts. I smelled dead flesh. I even smelled the maggots squirming on the dead flesh. 
and I wanted them. I know it's gross, but I wanted to eat the maggots. It's like that's a gross thought. Well, like, also, as an adult, that's a disgusting and, thought. And and I think also a part of my brain is like, wait, do shrews like eat maggots? Is it... I didn't do a shrew report. I know. Like honestly, we should have done the shrew report, but like the the animal on the cover was a cat because putting a shrew on the cover would be weird. I got this. She smells I, the maggots and she wants to eat the maggots. You don't think of cute animals eating gross garbage. <laughs> right. It's like is really when, the when lesson I, I'm getting away when from. When I it. picture a shrew, I picture a cute little eats, like forest creature. Yeah, it eats seeds. Like I'm picturing some redwall shit. It eats some seeds, it eats some right. nuts, maybe fruit. It like It, it doesn't like find like ooh, dead flesh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh look, a dead animal. Why don't I stuff myself like a fat little pig? Yeah, I'm gonna i I'm just gonna like pork down on some maggots. Which I loved that that was immediately where it went. She's like, I'm afraid of everything, and I want to eat the dead. Yeah, and ultimately, that's the lesson of small animals is fear and hunger. <laughs> right. And she even says, fear, hunger, run. That's the motivations of being the shrew. Yeah. I imagine also a medieval peasant, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they have, fear, hunger, and run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or shamble, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but it works. Yeah. Her turning into the shrew, she gains control. Right. They lure the cat from the tree. Mm-hmm. It jumps for Rachel. They capture Fluffer McKitty. Yeah, and in a admittedly kind of a cool way. Like, you know, it, it like jumps after the shoe, trying to eat it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I want to say, like, Jake probably swoped in and, and got it. Right. Um, but they... Swooped? <sighs> swooped. <laughs> I will swooped in and get it. So, Jake... Um, uh, she morphs back, acquires the cat, but she's like... Oh, oh wait. No, hold on. I got that wrong. What? So instead of, um, like, yes, they, they capture the cat, but, like, she was about to, like, get pounced, and Tobias actually goes in and grabs Rachel and flies off with her. Oh, that's so much cooler. Why didn't I write that down in my notes? Yeah, like, I, I just was reading through that, and, and he's like, did my talents hurt you? <laughs> so, like... Tobias is so cool. Tobias is He's rad. way better leader than fucking Jake. Yeah, and also, like, this also tells me he's 100% in control of being a bird. Yeah, it's like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And so he saves her. Right. They grab Fluffer McKitty. Mm-hmm. She morphs back, realized that she's fucking tired because that that morph took a lot out of her. Because how she her fight or flight was so engaged that it just took all her energy. And you know they don't know how many morphs they can do in one day without feeling completely exhausted. Yeah. And this one knocked her the fuck out. And Jake's like, oh, it's my fault. This is a stupid plan. I'm the one who suggested Melissa. Yeah, Jake Jake definitely like likes to like, like martyr himself. Yeah, he does that martyr shit. And Rachel's like, uh, no, I came up with this plan. It's my thing. Which is another thing I love about Rachel. She's like, uh, fuck you. This is not about you, Jake. I did this. Eat shit. Uh, yeah, and also like highlights how much like, Jake sucks. Because yeah. he's like trying to take all the credit. Like, yeah. Oh, if only I saved you in time. Right. It's like, why yeah. didn't I do better at this? I just want to... So the be res- a stunt man, <laughs> jump from windows, <laughs> turn into a bird. Uh, I Jake, hate him. I hate him. Jake, I fucking hate him. I fucking hate him. Jake blows. Um, so they 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 acquire. Well, they like you Rachel. Know, Rachel acquires Fluffer. So she's like, "Oh, I'm tired." Jake's like, "Oh, poor me for being such a bad leader." Yeah, and they just decided to just go garbage. To sleep. They go to sleep. They're like, "Let's call it a day." Yeah. Let's go home. Let's do this. Let's do this for later. Yeah. And that is when the nightmares hit. <laughs> I love, I love Animorph PTSD. <laughs> it's, no, that's, so this, I'm going to tell you, it's foreshadowing something later. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you what, but it's Good. fucking cool. 
Yeah. So Rachel is awoken by her sister Jordan. Yeah. And Jordan's like, you were screaming in your sleep. And Rachel's like, all I could think of were maggots in fear. Like, she's dreaming of maggots in fear. And she has this thought. Like, it's consuming her. And she's like, maybe some people just can't handle some morphs. Which I think is a great limitation of morphing. Well, and it's also, like, if you think about a person turning into an animal. Like, I don't have any, like, strong animal phobias. But I know people that do. Mm -hmm. And imagine, like, if somebody who has a, a large snake phobia has to turn into a snake. I mean, right. obviously, they're going to have... They're not going to be able to operate as a snake properly. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, like, right. come out of it unscathed. Right. And I think... I think Catherine Alice Applegate... Mm. i gotta, I got to shorten that somehow. If if someone could write in and tell me how to shorten Catherine Alice Applegate, that would be great. It's... She's also... Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> Kathy Alice Applegate. <laughs> Kathy Apples. Kath <laughs> Apples. We'll call her Cathles. Cathles. Cathables. So... She makes this point where maybe if the morph's natural persona or motivating emotion doesn't jive with someone, maybe that morph can't exist within them. Which is the point I thought they were making, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Rachel's not someone who's naturally afraid of anything. She, yeah, she got scared of a rapist, but then immediately realized she could fuck this guy up. She is afraid of Principal Chapman, but it's still, she made herself get in a car with him. She is making herself infiltrate that place. She's brave. Right. Fear is not in her vocabulary. I mean, it is. Yeah, but like the, you know, like when she later morphs into a cat, she like, she feels the cat, I think, in a different way than like she did her other morphs. Right. Where like the, the cat just didn't give a fuck. Right. And like I think, you know, she doesn't either. She has right. that cat personality of like Like I'm confident, I am strong, I do not right. give a fuck. Right. Which, and like you know, like it also tells me more about Ka- Ka- uh, Cassie, you know, like she loves the horse. She loves the strength of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> she loves running free and being free like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Cassie loves. I, listen, uh, like I think I want to be a horse. Okay. I want to be a strong horse. Okay. I want to be a brave horse. So, <laughs> back on track. <laughs> Rachel also wonders because she's dreaming mm-hmm. about being a shrew. She wonders if the animal DNA lives inside of her, and they come out in dreams, which yeah. I think is an interesting idea. Well, yeah, like it's like does this what- animal inside you? It needs to come out. It needs to express itself. So it takes over during sleep. What are the side effects of turning into an animal? Right. What, right? what does this power do to them? Which Are they going to get like some weird Gulf War syndrome from turning into, <laughs> into animals? Again, in the 90s. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and also, they, do, is this where they talk about like the limits of like, hey, how many like animals can we acquire at once? Right. They like, do. If like Cassie just ran through the zoo and started slapping every single animal <laughs> in the zoo, like what would that do to her? Uh, one, that's not how acquiring DNA works. And two, slapping them. I'm over that character. I'd rather just watch her slap animals. But I mean, that's she's like comforts her sister, and her mm. sister comforts her, and she's like, "Don't tell mom. I just had a bad dream. It's fine." But she goes back to her bed, and she's like, the bed is covered in sweat, and it reminded her of the wet, sweaty, dead flesh maggots. Right. Like, and, and also, like, the, the siblings know something is up. That, like, they're, they're awfully suspicious, and also, like, 
naive in a way that I think younger kids just are. Like, one of them says, I can't believe you would just forget a dream that made you scream and hurl. Right. <laughs> Which, like, as an adult, if you had a dream that made you scream and hurl, I'm like, okay, like, something, something's up and we need to talk. Yeah. Um, you know, so, like, I, I, like the, I like the, like, level of innocence that's going on mm-hmm. with, like, the younger siblings. And hopefully they go into, like, the younger siblings a little bit more later in the books. Hopefully. I'm sure they will. Um, and at that, we come to chapter 10, which is The Cat Heist. Which is what I wrote in my notes. Cat heist! Exclamation point. Because it is time for a cat heist. Man, I love a good heist. It's so. The first book was marked by chase scenes. Yeah, there wasn't much of a plan. It's like Jake said, "I'm going to turn into a dog." Yeah, I'm going to go. We're going to sneak in here, have no plan, smash things as an elephant, uh, run away. Yeah, that, that was their plan. But this, this is this is like they di- they draw a diagram. They have a clear, yeah. concise plan. This is like we are sneaking into that house. Right. We are going to follow Vice Principal Chapman, and we're gonna figure some shit out. The royal we really it's just Rachel. It's Rachel. Yeah, Tobias is gonna be there providing thought, speak, moral support, which he he does, he does a good job of it. Too. Yeah, and so <laughs> so begins the cat heist. Yeah, right. like Tobias, I want to read to you it. turning into a cat. Okay. I began to shrink, but it was strange because as I shrank and my outer clothing slithered off me, I didn't feel like I was getting smaller. I felt more like I was getting stronger. It was like I was shedding all this unnecessary stuff, these clumsy long legs, these ridiculous weak arms. I felt like I'd been boiled down to my absolute essentials, like I wasn't even made out of plain old flesh and bones anymore. I felt like liquid steel. I didn't feel the fear of the shrew. I didn't feel the total confidence of the elephant either, or of the eagle. This was different. This was fear, sure, but underneath the fear was confidence. The cat knew there were enemies out there, but he also knew he could handle it. I felt tough. That was it. Tough. Then the cat senses started sending messages to my brain. Whoa! I yelled in surprise. Suddenly it isn't a nightmare anymore. I mean, wow. Talk about night vision. So they talk about how cats' vision can see eight times humans. Blah, blah, blah. Right, like they, they throw out the but cat Cassie's facts. Cassie's like, here's some cat facts. Does not mention toxoplasmosis. Does not mention barb penis. Right, Cassie. That's, that's what Nate and Tyler are here to give to you. Right. Ca- Supplemental anomorph cat facts. And I guess an- other animal facts. Ca- Cassie just wants to know what she wants to learn. Like she doesn't learn the truth. No. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me continue. Okay. A human being will notice colors, for example. Now, a cat can see colors more or less. He just isn't interested in colors. It's like, okay, the thing is red, who cares? What cats really notice is movement. If anything moves, even the tiniest bit, the cat sees it. I was standing there on the grass, looking around with my big cat eyes, and I saw something. I saw nothing but movement. I saw every blade of grass that moved in the breeze. I saw every bug that crawled across those blades of grass. I saw every bird and every tree as it fluffed its wings. And boy... Did I see the mice and the squirrels and the rats? There was, there was a mouse no more than 20 feet away. I could see the individual whiskers on his little snout when they twitched. Things that were not moving were boring to me. If the mouse just stayed completely still, I would forget he was even there. So cats are T-Rexes. Yeah, and <laughs> she just... Which makes is, sense. She become, like She leans into the cat confidence. She's like... I'm a fucking badass. I'm a fucking feline force of nature. I'm going to fuck your shit up. Right. Ends the chapter with hiss. Hiss. Yeah. <laughs> it like, was. I love it. It. Like. <laughs> yeah. So Tobias freaks her out. 
Well, yeah, because Tobias is a giant fucking yeah, bird. That's why she hits us, because Tobias is, flies over. He's like, She's, She, as Fluffer McKitty, is ready to kill Tobias. And, and so, like, this really leans into something that, like, I think we talked about last time, but, like, the idea of, like, getting out the animal. Yeah. Like, the, the mm-hmm. movie Get Out, right? Like, right. you know, takes the animal brain and kind of puts it into the sunken place yeah. where you can kind of communicate with the cat. Like, hey, listen, cat, I need your help to, say, jump onto this thing right. or, or do a cat it's thing. It's like, I'm going to let go of being a human so I can let the natural instincts of this animal do what it needs to do. Which, like, brings up some real big moral questions of what's happening. Like, is there a fluffer McKittens that is kind of, like, in the sunken place that is held captive Oh boy, I didn't even fucking think of that. By Rachel. And so like, hold on, this gets even deeper. Is Rachel now a yerk to this cat? Oh no. Right, like, oh god! <laughs> like, I was thinking about this because, like, what if, what if Rachel is now like kind of this invading species who took over the soul of this cat and now is controlling it and now like kind of lets it out when it needs to, when it's convenient, and then uh. puts Fluffer McKittens back in. And it all depends on whether or not you think animals have kind of a soul or consciousness at oh. the very least. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so uh. I hope they go into that later hey. in the books. Hey. uh... If anyone out there knows if animals have a soul, please write please us. Please write in. Please if you tweet at us. Let us know if animals tw- have tweet a Tweet in at, uh, uh, what's our Twitter? Animorphin Time. Animorphin Time. Please tweet into Animorphin Time. Let us know if animals have souls. Please. We'd, <laughs> I would really like to solve this dilemma as fast as possible. Thank you. If you're a philosopher, um, don't respond. Please. We don't want to hear your didactic bullshit. Okay. Ooh. So... Chapter 10 is all just, like, turning into a cat. Yeah, and chapter 11, where she's, like, leaning into it, like, I was ready to fight. I was pumped. Kill or be killed. Those are direct quotes, by the way. Yeah, well, hold on. There's even a cool, like, allegory that... Um, okay, go on. Yeah, here we go. Um, she, she lost control a little bit, but now she's kind of back. Like, okay, I said, I'm pretty much in control. What's it like, Cassie asked. It's like, you know those old cowboy movies with Clint Eastwood? Mm-hmm. He's a gunslinger, and he walks into the saloon, and everyone kind of gets out of his way. And how he's like not really looking for trouble, but if you you better not make him bad. It's like it's like that. It's like I'm Clint Eastwood, and and my note I, I wrote in the book there was that um, just like Clint Eastwood, he's kind of uh, um, confident and 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 jittery, and will shoot anybody. <laughs> Oh, no, hold on. Here's a, um, she's also jumping entitled like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> she really doesn't want any Asians to get her Gran Torino. <laughs> Is that what that was about? Get off of my car! <laughs> All right. It's about a racist old grandpa who makes friends with a, a person gun. of color <laughs> and gives his supercar to his. Asian neighbor, and it really pisses off his white entitled family. It's a you pretty want, good movie. You want like now? Yeah, now think about it. like that's just like a cat. <laughs> so she goes into Chapman's house, does mm. cat stuff. She's like, oh, I smell myself everywhere. This is mine. Well, home. she smells like a dominant tomcat that she's kind of afraid oh, yeah. of. She does smell another com- tomcat, and she's like, I'm gonna fuck this cat up. Wait, no, 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 it's gonna fuck me up. Right? Like she immediately understands the nature of the world, yeah. and that this cat is larger yeah. and will beat her up. She's like, this cat's gonna fuck me up. I'm going in the house. Right. Uh, she made herself, uh, I would have to make myself smaller and less threatening to accept his dominance, is the quote. <laughs> Which is also how I date. <laughs> you gotta make yourself smaller. <laughs> uh, hi, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I'm Tyler, I'm the gentleman here to date you, you are a beautiful lady, and I'm gonna make myself smaller and submit to your dominance. That's what mystery says, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, from, from like he's a pickup artist. He says, "Make yourself smaller." <laughs> no, when I'm like in a bar and I'm vibing with a girl, yeah, okay. we're having a good time, and I think my night's going one way. You know, yeah, yeah. I just roll on my bag and expose my belly, <laughs> <laughs> so she knows that she's in charge. She's, right? She's safe. She's in control. Yeah. So, for the sake of brevity, she follows Principal Chapman down to the basement. Right. Yeah. He pushes a hidden button on his wall, and she says the door opens like Star Trek to this. Little pod. This there's a computer and a desk. She's like, I'm a cat. I'm just gonna follow him in. Right. It doesn't lead directly to whatever pool is. No. It's just like, like the last one. It's like, I mean, it's like fucking Star Wars when they're talking to the Emperor. Super speaker. Yeah. Like honestly, I was getting some Star Wars vibes. Yeah. Because like what immediately happens is that you know Chapman goes presses buttons on a computer and up comes a hologram. Yeah, a hologram of Visser Three. The badass Yerk. My main man. Evil and loving it. Who, I love Visser who, 3. Who's an Andalite. And he shows up and he's like, Ennis226, which is the name of the Yerk. You, hold on, wait. You didn't look down at your notes. I didn't look down at my notes. You knew Ennis226. <laughs> Principal Chapman. Right. He's like. Hold on, wait. Like, you didn't say his full name, though. Ennis226 of the Slupnyar pool <laughs> submits to you. May the Kindora rays shine and strengthen you. And you as well. It's okay. very Handmaid's Tale. It's like, may yeah. the Lord open. Uh, like, it's a polite society full of structure and rules. And, like, the coolest part of, like, the conversations between uh, NS226 and Vista 3 is, like, it kind of gives a glimpse into Yerk society. Yeah, they talk about a council of 13. He's like, NS226, if you fail me, right. I'll kill you. Their, their, their pool seems like they're kind of like cities. Like, it's your hometown. Yeah, yeah, And it, like, denotes your rank. Mm-hmm. Right? The numbers aren't just a cool name. It's also kind of like where you are in the strata of, right. like, the society. Yeah. So 226, like... Probably isn't, like, that high up. No, but he's high up enough. High up enough to, like, be given some response. I feel like this is kind of a test for him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, where it's it like, feels like a test. Like, listen, you... If you pull this off, if you're able to capture the rogue Andalites... Right? It's like, this is going to be big for you, guy. Yeah. This you're going to you're gonna get that promotion. You. You're going to get that, like, really nice cool brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more this Chapman doesn't... Actually, he doesn't say that. But, but I mean... <laughs> he's going to get, like, respect. Yeah. And... So, this or three, mm-hmm. keys in, like, what's this cat doing in the room? Right. And he fucking whips its tail at the cat, and Rachel in cat form swipes at it, yeah. and Mr. Three's like, ha, 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 what a brave little creature. Tis a pity we cannot enslave such a small beast. Like, I like and, the idea of, like, oh, if it was given between cats and humans, we'd do cats if they're just a little bit bigger. Yeah, it's like, if these were larger, they're very cool. Now, please, kill this beast. Kill it? Kill it immediately. Kill it? Kill it immediately. That's what Visitor 3 says. Right, because, like, you know, like, Visitor 3 is paranoid. Yeah, rightly so. Right, I like, mean, not he's the bad guy. But, well, but also, he knows, like, listen, Anyone can be an yeah. animorph. He's ruth- not animorph, but like a right, an Andalite warrior. Right. He's ruthless. It's like an easy calculus for him. Just kill anything that I don't know. If I can't capture or use it, make it dead. Yeah, it doesn't need. <laughs> Which to is exist. why he rules. That's <laughs> it's like you know what you're getting with Visor Three, right? And Ennis Two Two Six is like, uh, it belongs to the host daughter, right. and it would raise questions. And he's like, oh, okay. If it will raise questions, let's not do it. Just, you know, I, be but, mindful. Well, he, I think I also, like, he just respects cats. Like, yeah, I think, he like, does. He gets an instant respect. He's like, this creature did not even fear me. What a fucking cool dude. <laughs> it's like, hey, anyone Everyone out else. there that listens to this, if you draw me a picture of Visser 3, like, high-fiving a cat, 
That'd be great. Uh, fuck it, I'll do it myself. It'll be bad. But would, you, would you get that tattoo? You know, I, I'm, <laughs> like, not, you, <laughs> I'm not against that at all. I, hell, I'd get that tattoo. That too, like, honestly, if somebody, like, took the time respect, I would get that tattoo. Right. Um, so, and Rachel plays it cool. She doesn't react to understanding that right. that Visser 3 wants it dead. So she convinces Visser 3 and Chapman that well, it's she, a cat. Well, she leans on the cat brain. Like, you know, she, yeah. like, the human brain is fucking terrified. Right. But the cat brain just doesn't care. Yeah, he does. It's like, I can't smell this weird hologram, <laughs> right. nor do I really care about humans. So I'm just going to go about my business. Right. And look for bugs to eat. And, <laughs> and it's, you realize yeah. that this yerk made a kind of deal with Principal Chapman. And Visser 3 is like, okay. So so wait, you got like the idea that there was a deal made with Chapman? Yeah, and they mention it later. Yeah, they mention it later, but like I wasn't there at this point. I was just like, okay, he's gotten taken over. And oh no, I just like a by thing. chapter 13, I was like, I think he even says... Well, yeah, he mentions it later on, right? And, and we'll get to that when it's like he the, says, the bigger uh, confrontation, but... Uh, hold on. Uh, interesting. Claws, let me, let me throw on a Visser 3 kind of Please do. Character. What is it doing? Mr. Three demanded. It it is signaling that it wishes to be fed. Interesting. <laughs> Claws and teeth and ferocity mixed with the subtlety to manipulate creatures larger than itself. A worthy creature. Yes. Let it live for now. Let it live until we have resolved the matter of the girl. Chapman's face actually seemed to twitch. It was the only emotion he had shown other than fear. The, the girl? But, Mr. the agreement with the human Chapman. Mr. Three sneered. Agreements. Don't be a fool. We make agreements to gain voluntary hosts. Agreements are a tool, just as you are my tool. If you had brought me the Andalite Bandits, I would not have to concern myself with a cat or a girl. Chapman bowed his head. I will bring them to you. Do that, Mr. Three said coldly. And then the solid-seeming image began to change. The gentle Andalite body melted away, and in its place grew a monster like nothing yeah. ever seen Here on comes. Earth. Here it comes. I love it. Where the Andalite head had been, there was now a long, thick tube. There was an opening like some horrible mouth at the end of the tube. The thing was purple, but translucent. You could almost see through it, although I wasn't sure if that was because it was a hologram or if the animal itself was that way. The hologram viscer lowered the tube mouth toward Chapman's head. The mouth opened, revealing... Hundreds, maybe thousands of tiny suckers, each dripping slime. It seemed as if the tube mouth closed over Chapman's head. Chapman shook and quivered in terror. Visser Three's artificial voice said, Don't forget, Innis 226, I gave you this Chapman body. I placed you in his head because I trusted you. I fed you his brain and made you my lieutenant. But I can suck you back out again if you fail me. Would you like to see what happened to the last fool who failed me? Suddenly an image appeared in the air, like a little movie. It was a second hologram. It showed a human woman, pain-racked, screaming with the purple creature sucking on her head. The real Chapman began to moan. Oh, oh no, Visser, I beg you. In the little movie, the translucent purple thing suddenly went into a spasm. From the woman's ear came the slug. It was sucked, dripping gray, slimy, right out of her head. The purple creature swallowed the yerk slug. Then the little movie ended. Not a very pretty picture, is it, in its 226? Chapman just shook his head. His eyes were still staring at the empty air where the image had appeared. Visser 3 began to resume the Andalite form. Don't fail me, Visser 3 said. Visser 3 rules. Visser 3 <laughs> rules. He's the best character. So, uh, like, There's so much going on here. First off, can I quote my one of my favorite movies? Yeah, please. 
they sucked his brain out. That's in my notes. I wrote, they sucked his brains out. Oh, man. Like, yeah. No, because they sucked his brains out. They sucked his brains out. There's so much going on in this scene because, like, what happens is... Okay, here's the thing that we learn about Visitor 3, right? There's something called the Yerkbane, right? Yeah, the Vanarchs is its name, but they call it the Yerkbane. Right. So this is how rad Visitor 3 is. Not only, like, is he cool with, like, just taking on that form... He's also cool with, like, he acquired that. He acquired that, right. and he eats his fellow yurks. <laughs> right. He, <laughs> he, ate his, he ate his underling. Yeah. Like, a fucking Darth Vader did not, like, eat, uh, what, what was the lieutenant's name? Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, he didn't eat Tarkin. <laughs> you he, know, like. No. Visser 3 doesn't give a fuck. No, and, like, he, he gives a fuck. He loves fear. He loves creating fear. He loves, like, you know, like, expounding fear onto the world. And this little peek into the Yurk hierarchy, my favorite bit of this comes directly after this. Mm-hmm. When Innis226 goes up to talk to Mrs. Chapman, who also <laughs> has a Yurk in her brain. <laughs> There's so he, much to talk about Mrs. Chapman. <laughs> and he's like, um, Visser 3 has a Van Arks. And she's like, you mean a Yurkbane? <laughs> but okay, like, and he's like, he threatened me with the Yurkbane. He says he's gonna eat my brain. And the Mrs. Chapman's like, I wish we could go to the Council Thirteen and tell them what a shit Visser Three is and how he's yeah. ruining this invasion. Miss Chapman is like a total Karen. And it's like, <laughs> so this whole time it's like, uh, let me speak to the yeah, Mister Three. Uh, let me speak to the government's manager, please. <laughs> But this whole time you think Visser 3 is just like this evil, like he's got the Yurks behind him, he's doing all this stuff. You kind of figure out Visser 3 is like a crazy fucking monster. Yeah. And that most Yurks are like, that's too much for me. Like, yeah, taking over planets, but eating our friends and killing our buddies, not for me. Well, just- like imagine, if you will, the president had like just on TV, he's just like, check this out, and ate somebody whole. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Look, we couldn't pass this Muslim ban. I'm going to eat Stephen Miller. <laughs> well, I mean, like, nobody could digest Stephen Miller. There's too much poison. Yeah, you don't eat your own shit. Hot political. Hot um, takes. Hot, hot political, takes. Yeah, sorry. Um. So, yeah, that's rad. <laughs> so, you find that there's division among the Yurks about what should be happening, which I think is... Yeah, and also Visser 3 is, like, not the head honcho. There's this council. Yeah, there's like, this there's, council of 13, whatever that is. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I like that backstory. I like that kind of, like, let's learn more about Visser 3. Let's learn about your hierarchy. Yeah. Let's le- learn more about Cadron Rays. I, like, yeah. Apparently, I didn't know that they just had, like, a Cadron. Yeah, it's just... We don't know what it looks like yet, but it's, like, a thing that they have that they just kind of, like, shovel on. I, you know? Yeah, it's... It's a thing. It's a thing. They'll get so, into it. So that's cool. And then after that, Melissa comes down, and she's like, I need help with my math. And the parents are like, that is okay. We will not help you now. Please do your homework alone. Like, that's pretty much how they talk to right. her. Right. Square roots are hard to understand, aren't they? But I know you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, very vague. Like, she writes this well. It's And Rachel even says, it's like, they're saying the right things, but there's no feeling behind it. Right. Like, it it makes you wonder about uh, Kathy Kathy Apples. Kath Apples. Kath Apples. Apples. It makes you wonder about, like, what her home life was. Yeah. (laughs) Because she's really good at, like, you know, kind of writing, like, unloving parent dialogue. Yeah. Right? You know, and, like, well, and that's something that Rachel calls out. It's like, there was something missing. Humanity. Love, call it what you want, but the words weren't right. They were they were completely wrong. Right. It was, there was just nothing there. It wasn't like, 
hey, listen, I know this is hard, but I'll get with you later. I'm doing something very important mm-hmm. with a slug here. Right. It was <laughs> It was just like it, it was like what humans say. Right. It definitely reminded me of Body Snatchers. Like yeah. the original Body Snatchers, when you think like that woman's husband is taken by the Body Snatchers and just sitting in the living room quietly. Like they even <laughs> mentioned in this, like when Rachel sees Chapman, he's just sitting yeah. there with the TV off. <laughs> And yeah, the mom's just standing in the kitchen. We like. I think once we get to like book twenty, we should do a viewing of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. All right, we can do that. Um, but uh, so she's like, "Oh my god!" So Rachel, as Fluffer McKitty goes up, and Melissa's crying. She's like, "Why don't they love me anymore? Yeah, why don't my parents love me?" And so she's like, "Oh my god!" She doesn't know. She's not a controller. Like right. she finds out. She finds out that Melissa is not a controller, mm-hmm. and that Melissa's just depressed and destroyed because she's like her parents are acting unloving and weird yeah there's no love in that house so 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 like so this is like obviously a divorce analogy right like so it's like it's like rachel with her divorced parents yeah you know like oh they're acting weird and loving and it must be me right Right. so i think that's kind of like uh kathy apple's way of kind of addressing that in the form of like oh but your parents are actually and it gives a personal reason for rachel to care about this war she even says this is just my friend's house. What about the thousands of other kids who are having this happen right now? Right. That's why I'm in this war. Right. Which I thought, fuck, that's a good reason. Yeah. Um, like, the, 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 you know what the great thing about reading the Kindle version of this is? That you actually notice, like, the times that things are highlighted in a book and mm-hmm. it tells you how often it's highlighted. Um, please fund us Kindle. Hey, Amazon. Hey. Jeff Bezos, busy boy, give me, give hey, me money. Hey, Jeff Bezos, two things. One, pay your workers a living wage. <laughs> two, two yeah. please give us some of that living wage. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, this is a nice thing that like that other people highlighted, and I highlighted it as well. Um, so she, she's talking about, like, you know, kind of giving comfort to Melissa as a cat. Yeah. Right? So um, she was still crying, still scratching slowly behind my ears. What did I do, Fluffer? She asked. Why won't they love me anymore? And I felt like my own heart would break right then because mm. I knew now why Melissa had stopped hanging out with me. I knew why she had become uh, more withdrawn and I knew how little hope there was for her, right? Because mm. her parents are now yerk yeah. controller things. Uh, my stomach turned and twisted. Next time Marco asked me why we were fighting the yerks, I knew I would have a whole new answer because they destroyed the love of parents for their daughters. Because they made Melissa Chapman cry in her bed with no one to comfort her but a cat. Cool. <laughs> right? Which, like, that cuts. That, that, that cuts. That's like, that's when, when my parents would fight, Yeah, it's like, I couldn't talk to them. They right. didn't. They were doing their own bullshit. You had, you had no one really to go to, ex- yeah. except for, like, you know, a cat. I had toys. Right. Or I or, would put on the movie Scream 2 or RoboCop. <laughs> Scream 2 comforts you when you are down. <laughs> it's more than it really should. I love that movie. Right. Uh, uh, so, like, it, like the, but that, that's, a, that's a real moment. And, like, there are a lot of real moments in this volume of Animorphs, which I really Way appreciate. more than the first one. Yeah. Like, this one has human emotions to right. it. So, so eventually, like, she's like, okay, the, all the other Animorphs are kind of getting antsy about, mm-hmm. like, listen, you need to stop being a cat. You need to get out. This is a mission. And you need to, you need to go. Yeah. Um, and, and she does. Right? Because, obviously, she can't be a cat right. for two hours. Tobias is like, get out of there, please, two hours. Yeah. There's, there's a time limit. And so they do that, and then they, they kind of just go home. Yeah. They're like... Okay, we're gonna come do this again. We're gonna get more information because we don't know where the Yerk pools are, and that's their which, thing. Which, which I have. Well, 
the, at first they're hesitant. Like, they're not maybe like, you know, Rachel go out and get more information. Right. Because Rachel's the one that comes up with this idea because she never really told them about, like, the dangers that she encountered right. when she went down there. No, she's like, I can't tell them this. Everything went fine. Nobody noticed. It's all good. Visser 3 has definitely never seen a kitty cat. Right. Part of that is because, like, she wants to protect her friend. Right. Right? Like, you know, she, she goes... She doesn't tell them about Melissa. She doesn't tell them about Visser 3. Right. Just that, oh, yeah, they were there. Status report. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much what this chapter is. Is just, they, they, they talk about... Um, they're like, oh, we need we need cool morphing uniforms like the X Men. Oh yeah, like is Marco the person that brings it up? Or yeah, Marco brings it up. He's like, I don't like how you're wearing a purple top and green leggings. Purple and green, you can't. Comic book characters don't wear that. And I'm like, uh, Marco, Mysterio, uh, Green Goblin, uh, the Joker, and also I, purple and green is like a great color. And then I thought, I about. oh yeah, those are villains. So maybe Marco's kind of right. Uh, yeah, but like purple and green though, they they were those colors go well together. I wear a lot of purple. I wear a lot of green. It's right. fine. It's fine. And, and also, like, this chapter goes into uh, some, like, hot Tobias tips. Like, um, for, well, they're, they're warning her about the, the two-hour time limit, right? Yes. Um, you know, and Tobias especially knows this well. Yeah, okay, he's like, hey. He's like, and, and they're, like, flying around. He's like, yes, flying is the nicest thing in the world, I said dreamily. Yes, it is, Tobias agreed. One of the nicest things. But there are things you miss, too. Sitting back on the couch with a can of soda and a bag of chips and no school the next day and something good is on TV. Yeah. Like, I, I relate with Tobias 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, next book. I relate with Tobias so much. This right. guy fucking owns. Man, like, like honestly, as an adult, I also dream of just, like, laying down yeah. watching some dumb TV with, like, a big thing of pizza Pringles. Yeah, it's just, you sit there and it's like, oh, man, I just worked for 12 and a half, 13 hours. Can I just do nothing? Can I just eat some Pringles? Can it be and- nice not to be a hawk for once? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> right. So, but like eventually, like they, the, you know, Rachel convinces them, like, listen, we need to get in there. We need to find the Cadrona. Yeah, we need, we need more. We need, well, they're specifically looking for the Cadrona, which yeah. poops out the rays. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, we need to go back in for more information. Right. And she starts the next chapter with, it was a dark and stormy night. It's, that's something I actually enjoyed because it starts, <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. Yeah. No, hold on, let me find it. It was a dark and stormy night. Sorry, I've always wanted to write that, but it really was a dark and stormy night. So that's just Kathy Apple's like, I'm going to have a little fun with this. It's like, there's some meta commentary I here. I suppose. It seems like a kid joke, though, you know? I mean, it seems like a kid joke, but... It's, kinda, a, it's a young adult novel, maybe. I mean, you've like, written things, I've written things. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to write something hacky and stupid and to make fun of it. Right. And also, sometimes it's just fun to do things that are hacky and stupid, says two men making a podcast about children's books. It's so, like, so it was a dark and stormy night. So it was a dark and stormy night, and they're like, yeah, we're going to do this again. Right. And But Jake can't go. Jake doesn't show up. They're like, yeah, Jake had Jake got grounded. And Rachel's like, what? Why did Jake get grounded? And Margo's like, don't ask me about parents. I only got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why parents do anything. Sometimes moms just die. Yeah, Marco needs therapy. He needs therapy so bad. Right. So, you know, like, she just it goes with it. Like, yeah, okay. she's like, fine, whatever. We've Jake's done friend, this before. Let's just go. So she turns into a cat. She immediately just kind of, like, zips into... Well, like, I mean, Cassie leans down and gives her a good little head scratch. Which is weird. It's weird. <laughs> But for good reason. If you turn into a cat, I would not touch you. 
You wouldn't? No. I'd be very soft. I know, but like you would like get into it. You're like, you know, if you scratch like a cat's butt, it just kind of like loops up. Well, yeah, they do that because it's like, let's mate. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. yeah I, Why but, wasn't that in cat facts? <laughs> I'm just saying I wouldn't want to do that to you. Okay, fair. I wouldn't want to arouse, uh, arouse you as a cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But uh, <laughs> so she's like, all right, back in the house. We're going to do this again. Right. Same time, different day. Yeah. Then she's like, okay, but this time I'm not going to let Chapman see me go in. Because right. two times, uh, Visser 3 wanted to kill me after one time. Yeah. If they see me, boom, I'm it's dead. It's kind of like, oh, there's this suspicious cat yeah. in this room every time we're having a secret conversation. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Th- maybe some- this thing is an end light. <laughs> maybe something is wrong here. Right. So uh, she sneaks in and, um, you know, she's walking down the stairs. And um, she hears some thought speak, right? Yeah, because like, well, Chapman turns around. Like, a cool thing in here is like, oh, he's going down the stairs. It's safe to follow him because, like, who looks behind you when you're walking down the stairs? Right. Answer nobody. Nobody. But Chapman does. Yeah. And she like jumps behind something. Yeah. And so Jake says, "What was that?" And she's like, "Jake, wh- how can I hear your voice, Jake? Yeah. What the fuck? Where are you? You're not even here. You let me do this alone, Jake. You really are a bad leader. I can't believe you." Yeah. And Jake's like. I'm a flea? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a flea on your back right now. Cassie, when she pet you, put me on you. <laughs> and so, like, I was really bummed out when I read that. Why? Because I got excited for, like, the time they finally turn into a bug. Oh, because, yeah, it was totally nothing. Right, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's going to be a big thing because they'll, what if they totally lose control? And, like, you know, it's like hour half later they're just like kind of in a corner banging their head against the wall and they're like you're <laughs> like a human NP- come back an NPC who just clips into the wall <laughs> right and like I was waiting for that moment and it never came because no. like Jake just kind of nailed it well, I guess it wasn't even that he nailed it he's like actually insect brains are kind of stupid so I can just take control all I feel is impulses is like oh I there's could... warmth and blood I want to eat here yeah he over only... there there's no warmth and blood which it kind of made sense but yeah. also yeah it was kind of a cop out yeah, like, I was hoping for more... Like, listen, we're going to get more descriptions of them turning into a bug, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's going to happen. But, like, I, I was just, like... I was waiting for that moment, and I kind of, like, felt some build-up to it, mm-hmm. and it just didn't happen, so... That was a, a bit of a bummer. Um, and so... <laughs> so, like... Apparently, like, they, they hatched this plan of, like, you know, Tobias, because Tobias was sending, like, secret thought messages, mm-hmm. you know. Text- he's the real fucking leader. Yeah, he is. Hi- like, leading from the shadows. He's the deep state of the Animorphs. <laughs> yeah. And. <laughs> Where we go one, we go all. <laughs> Tobias says. To- he puts a flea on the cat. <laughs> right? <laughs> But it's true, though. And it's, and so, like, apparently, like, you know, Tobias was worried because Rachel was, like, acting weird. Yeah. During the, could, the whole heist. He has a connection with her. They have a connection. Yeah, they do. And and, and it so, does get explored next book. Right. And so, like, he was hatching a plan with, like, the non-Rachel animorphs of, like, hey, listen, we need somebody to tag along with Rachel on this next adventure because she's going to do something stupid. So, like, honestly, like, yeah, good move. Because, like, you know, Rachel really shouldn't have been doing this again. Because... <laughs> In the very next scene. <laughs> yeah, it's... So, we learned something interesting. That mm. they have two children that they recruited through the sharing. Their, like, youth group put slugs in your brain group. Yeah. And an FBI agent. Right. So, they're getting people in the FBI. But Mr. 3 doesn't care. He's just like, no, I no. don't care. Like, listen, this He's is like, all I want, normal. I want Andalites. Like, give me those fucking Andalites. Right. Um, and then that's when... 
Chapman mm-hmm. shuffles his feet under the desk because the cat hid under and is listening. Yeah. Rachel's listening. He shuffles his feet, kicks Rachel accidentally, and she goes, Row! Yep. And then realize she runs through the Vister 3 hologram and. <sighs> so, like. Vister 3 is like. You should have killed uh, it. That's an Andalite. Kill it. Right? Like, there's no reason why this cat is in here again. Kill it. And no, well, he, he corrects him. He's like, well, actually, hold on. Don't kill it. Uh, capture it. Because, again, we need information. Yeah. It's of the like, other Andalites. So, uh, capture this this Andalite. Obvious Andalite. Right. And so. Because <laughs> this is an obviously an Andalite now. <laughs> so. Oh, God. You should have killed it when I told you to in his 226. But Visser, Chapman protested. And yet it all works out to my advantage, Mr. 3 said. Now there can be no doubt that this cat is one of the Andalite bandits. Jake, we're busted, I said. We're busted really bad. <laughs> it's like, we will no longer have to search for the Andalites. So he tells him not to kill it, seize it, before it can morph into Andalite shape. And Chapman tries to seize Rachel. Yeah. To which we get this. Chapman dived. His hands were wide open, grabbing for me. I was trapped. No way out. No way to open that door and escape. Trapped. No sensible choice but to surrender. But the cat and I were in agreement on this. You never surrender. <laughs> I felt my claws extend. My pupils were wide, ready to see every tiny movement. My ears were flattened back against my skull. My needle-sharp teeth were bared. My liquid steel muscles were coiled. Chapman's hand seemed to slow down. It was like he was moving in slow motion. Everything seemed slower to my heightened cat senses. Only I was moving at normal speed. My paw lashed out. My claws bit flesh. I saw three bright red tracks on the back of Chapman's hand. I could smell the blood that flowed. Ah! Chapman howled. He backed away. Get it! Visser 3 shouted. What's going on? Jake wondered. I feel like we're bouncing around a lot. Chapman got determined. Got a determined look on his face. He came at me again. I was cornered. No way out. I slashed. Chapman cried out. My claws were lacerating him, tearing furrows in his arms and hands. He grabbed me around the middle. The cat and me hated being grabbed that way. Hated it a lot. I brought my teeth into it. I was a 10-pound bundle of lightning-fast claws and teeth. Chapman's hand looked like raw hamburger. <laughs> a magnificent animal, Visser 3 commented. Twist it around. Hold it with your forearm. That's right. And she fucking slashes Chapman real good. Yeah, it turns his hand into hamburger. <laughs> yeah, just fucking destroys this. Yeah. But they capture him. They, yeah. Or, uh, sorry, Rachel. Him Ra- as in Fluffy McKitter. Right, and like the, the great thing about this, it really highlights how useless Jake is. Yeah, <laughs> Jake's like, like, huh? What's what, going on? What's going on? They sent me here to help, <laughs> and I'm just uh, what? <laughs> Do you want me to chuck his blood? <laughs> it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, Jake's just there just to like insert Jake into a situation. He, and he does nothing. So she grabs the cat. Yeah. Takes the cat upstairs, throws it in the cat box. Yeah. Melissa comes down. She's like, what are you doing with my cat? And Visser 3 is like, okay, bring that cat to me. Also, bring me the girl. Right. We're putting a yerk in this girl. Right. Things have gotten too out of hand here. Yeah. And the, the, you're, the girl is friends with the cat, so what does that mean? Yeah, it's like, bring me the girl. We're done playing this. Yeah. And so Chapman runs upstairs, and he's like, I have to take the girl. I have to take them, Melissa. And at that point, they fucking writhe and fight. Yeah, like, and, and this part, like, got me. Right, because yeah. it's the idea of like, 
okay, like, so with enough power, like, willpower and the power of love, mm-hmm. you know, like, they can kind of overtake the the Yurk. And, like, they even have, like, they've even recognized this before, it sounds like. like yeah. Um, like, let me find some of the quotes here. So, um, oh, oh, he fell to his knees. He's, uh, he's fighting me. Host rebellion, Miss Chapman muttered under her breath. She seemed horrified and fascinated all at once. Then suddenly, her left hand slapped my, her own face. Ah, mine, mine too. Right, and like, yeah. the idea like that she was horrified and fascinated, like, so it's a rare thing. It doesn't yeah, happen very often. Yeah, it doesn't happen often because they don't have willful hosts. But the humans right. are willful. They're attached to their children for yeah. whatever reason. And she starts to I'm... choke her own right. self. I yeah. love that. Miss Chapman is trying to choke herself with her own hand, which <laughs> is kind of a rad image. Right. And they both collapse because Mr. and Mrs. Chapman fought back. Right. And, like, it's especially important that Miss Chapman tries to, like, just straight up kill herself. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's a redemption story. Yeah. Because, right. Yeah. Like, just in the next couple of pages, like, we kind of learn that Miss Chapman voluntarily, like, yeah. served herself. She was a collaborator. She was a collaborator. She's like, right. Leah, I'll be a yerk, and then I'll even get my husband to be a yerk, too. Right, and, and like we don't know the motivations exactly why she became a collaborator because just, I think she's that's, a collaborator. It's something that gets revealed later, I'm sure. Maybe but, or, or the no. reason to even become a collaborator, but like it sounds like Mr. Chapman kind of got like he's like I'll blackmailed do it. into it. Yeah, he's like yeah. I'll do it because my wife did it, but don't put one in my daughter. Right. Let's just skip ahead. Yeah. Chapman takes her in the cat carrier. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Jump off me, Jake. We're gonna need help." It's fine. I'll stay a cat. I won't tell them anything. Right. I will just die. Jake's like, okay, fine, whatever. Jumps off. So yeah. they drive there. They go back to the construction site from book one. Mm. And Visser 3's there with some Horquager and Taxons. Right. And he's like... And Bug Fighters. And Bug Fighters. Don't forget the Bug Fighters. And he's like... My favorite name of a ship. The Bug the Fighters. The Bug Fighters. And he's like, ah ha ha. I'm going to fucking kill you, Andalite. And why didn't you bring Melissa? And in his 226, to his credits, like... Um, my host wants to talk to you, which I was like, so there's a Yurk who's kind of afraid of his host. Well, yeah, because, like, he knows that the host can, like, fuck up his situation yeah. right now if he wanted. And the host, like, he lets Chapman talk. He's like, my wife was with you. Mm. I'm not. I only agreed to this because you said you're not going to make my daughter into a controller. So if you make my daughter into a controller, No. I can't kill in this 226, but I can do this in front of people that matter and completely ruin his life. Hell yeah. I will take, I will ruin him to a point where he will be useless to you if you do this to my daughter. Yeah. And Visser 3 is like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so like Rachel mentions, love is pretty important. It's like wearing a suit of armor. It makes you strong. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Rachel, Rachel's very much into the power of love. Agreed. And if I ever feel love, I'd love to know what that's like. Right. <laughs> you would love to know what love feels like. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be good. <sighs> right. He, he gives up on the idea of putting Yurk in Melissa. Right. Right. Because he knows that, like, okay, this human does have some leverage here. Right. But I'm still a cool badass. So I'm just going to, like, mess up this Andalite. Because right. that's the thing I really care about. Because he doesn't really care about the whole take over the planet thing. Because he knows it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Right? Like, he knows that that's not the big issue. The big issue and, are these Andalite resistors. Right? And, yeah. And we all, like, just like, okay, fine, whatever. Right. I'm going to take this Andalite on my ship. I'm going to fuck it up. Right. They go in there. And Rachel, here's Jake. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, we good? And Rachel's like, bitch, I told you get off me. What right. are you doing? And he's like, well, I didn't. 
because I'm Jake and I don't listen good. <laughs> I didn't know what to do for the rest of the story. I'm still a flea. I, I, I sat on you and also we only got 10 minutes. Uh, sorry, bro. Yeah, like, all Jake does in this whole scenario is shorten the time limit to turn back into human by, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, they're at the place, the construction, they're at the construction site, yeah. and an earth mover gets turned on. Right. And the Horkwitchers start shooting at it. They start flipping out, yeah. making a scene. Here comes another riveting action scene that we all care about. They're just shooting it up. Yeah. And finally... <laughs> Well, hold on. Like uh, one of the, one of the taxon, right? So the taxon again are like the centipede-like monsters, mm-hmm. right? They're like, we cannot fly away for ten minutes. Is that a taxon voice? Is that a centipede voice? They don't like. I'm sure they're not that proper. They're like, probably not that proper. They're probably just like nah, because they eat each other, right? All the goddamn time. Like one gets cut in half, and all the taxons are just like, stop what they're doing, and just yeah. like, yeah. okay, we gotta eat the other one now because like there's food. The taxons are like uh, the two taxon pilots are like, uh, it's gonna take ten minutes lift off and right. Three is like fuck that kills the one who gives him that message tosses, yeah. tosses it on the ground right and he goes you you get us in the air now the rest of you eat that piece of shit <laughs> was like woo, yeah mr three is fucking hard as shit which is great that's okay cool yeah and so gets shit done and jake's like okay while the taxons are eating this i'm gonna jump out turn human mm-hmm. turn into a tiger which, to his credit, he does. I guess that's fine. Yeah, he does the thing, which he, is good. He does that thing, starts attacking. Mm-hmm. Then Rachel starts turning human in the cat box and busts out of the cat <laughs> box. And, uh, like, in secret, because, like, the big deal is that they don't want they to don't let want, on that, yeah. like, they're actually human. Which, she's not sure of a Horkbajur attacks on Sar, which is fine. Horkbajur. So, they are the salad-like, salad shooter... <laughs> salad shooter, <laughs> knife, dinosaur, bird monsters. Right. Salad shooter for everyone who's, like, above... Like, under the age of 30. Yeah, they call it a salad shooter. In You'd put, like, book. lettuce in it, and it would shoot out a salad, was the idea. <laughs> so... They, they, were, they were good. They worked. They're running... A, they're getting away. Mm-hmm. And that's when Visser 3 is like, uh-uh. No way. <laughs> He morphs. Visser 3's morphs are the coolest. So let me describe to you. Please do. He was 20 feet tall, as tall as a telephone pole. He stood on three massive legs, each as big around as a redwood tree. He had a tiny head, not much bigger than a human head. He would have looked funny, except there was nothing funny about what he was doing. Yeah, that's funny. Three giant legs and a tiny human head on top. (laughs) Like, no, that's legitimately funny, With two long, mighty arms, he was casually tearing up the concrete. (laughs) He's... He slammed his fingers into the cement. He ripped it up in slabs and tossed it over his shoulder. One of the slabs hit a horkmajur and crushed him. I don't think Mr. 3 even noticed or cared. He's, just, he's like, I love fucking shit up. <laughs> like, I don't think he, like, he's not very good at making plans. He just turns into, like, the craziest shit because he wants to. Yeah. And, and he doesn't care because, you know, like, he gets it done. So Rachel busts out of there. But she can't go human because she'll be seen. Yeah. She realizes, like, oh, they're looking right at me. So what happens? Tobias comes and grabs her, saves her cat ass. Yep. Flies her to a tree, lets her turn human. Right. End of book. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, no, like, they kind of just, like, there will be a next time, Tobias said. There will be a next time until the Andalites return. Yeah. and it's, Which is, like, like oh. they cut to, like, a day later. And it's, like, Melissa was at her gymnastic class. She was still alive, still free. Yeah. Rachel leaves her a note. 
And and like it's honestly like kind of a touchy note. Yeah. Right. Like like um, what is it, Melissa? Your father loves you more than you will ever know, and more than he can ever show you. Signed, someone who knows. Yeah. So Melissa knows she's not alone. She's right. got hope again. Right. And Tobias is like, there will be a next time. Right. Until the Andalites come. Which is just like next time on the Animorphs. <laughs> next time on the Animorphs. Right. But like I, I don't know. I, I like the kind of touchy note because like it. It goes into, like, again, like, 90s dadhood was very much like, you know, don't show emotions. Right. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, don't share your shit because no. it will fuck up your kid if you show any sign of humanity. Yeah. Right? And, and so, like, this kind of goes into, like, listen, they feel the feelings, they just won't show them. Right. And because it, they're dealing with their own divorce. Right. Not like your kid, like, this is, this is a divorce story, This really. is a divorce story, by <laughs> like, far. Right. So, like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a good message. It no, it Not def- a great ending, but a good message. No, it was definitely abrupt. Her endings are abrupt. <laughs> but it's also saying, hey, if everything's bad, maybe there's a cause for hope. Maybe there can be hope right. in terribleness. Which, I mean, as a kid, I needed to hear that. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good message. Like, when my parents... As an adult, sometimes we need to hear that shit. Yeah. Of just, like, listen, sometimes, like, ev- everyone around you is an asshole. Everyone is covered in their own emotional baggage. And it might not be about you in particular. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the people that love you probably still love you. They're just dealing with some shit right yeah, now. Yeah, they might have a slug in their brain causing them to not love you. But deep down, they love you. Yeah, or th- let's say that slug is um, alcoholism. Or let's say that slug is you don't love your spouse anymore. <laughs> or that slug is... Why the fuck did you call me? Dilly dally. Stinking <laughs> <laughs> thinking. Oh, yeah. Let's let's end it on that venture, brothers. Yeah, reference. like, yeah. Listen, everybody. Sometimes people don't hate you because uh, of, like, stinking thinking. Sometimes they hate you because there's a slug in your brain. Yeah, and, I mean, that's Animorphs, number two, the visitor. Yeah. Uh, did you like it? Uh... It was definitely a lot better than than the first one. Honestly, I loved this book. Was, I I hate how much I love Animorphs now because I didn't realize. Like, it, here's the thing that I think we kind of talked about last time mm-hmm. is that children books have a very simplistic message, mm-hmm. right? This is very clearly like almost an allegory for divorce. Right. But like as an adult, I appreciate simplistic messages because you know it leads into a, a good moral for like an adult to take away too yeah absolutely right like there's always something to kind of read into and take away from it and that's kind of why i took away from animorphs right and reading young adults is a good way to understand your childhood as well i sometimes you know like harry potter and shit <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes harry potter and shit yeah so i'm tyler yeah that's uh, nate yep you can find us on twitter yeah uh you can find Animorphin Time is for this Animorphin Time. Like, follow yeah, it? If you want. We follow just, the two people that follow Animorphin Time. Nate and Tyler. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find us in there. We do a lot of, we do a lot of posts. What, what's, what's your thing? What's your Twitter handle? U-F-I-R-V-W-O. Uh, Some letters I threw together playing Star Ocean as a kid and I have kept forever. Cool. That's a cool thing. What, what's yours? What's your Twitter handle? Bait Noid. B-A-T-E-N-O-Y-D. Yeah. Because his name is Nate Boyd. <laughs> Twitter handle is Bait Noid. Very clever. I'm Tyler. That's Nate. This is Animorphin Time. And remember... Uh... Let's All cops are yurks. Skimming, 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 skimming.
skimming, 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 Bitch, I'm skimming like a boss. Stop. Can't fuck me up, I got paws. Stop. Slash your ass, cause I'm a cat. Yeah. Dropping your ass, that's where it's at. I'm Rachel Flopper, my kitty. Skimming.